to looking for the shit where we watch everything Pixar has ever made. That includes features, short films, tech demos. I was gonna try to do demos, but I don't think I don't think you can do it twice. And mo. I'm Danny Vincent, and as always, I'm joined by Marcus Young. Is that actually your full name, Marcus, or That's is it Marco? That's my name. <laughs> oh, it's just, Mar- okay. it's just Mark Young. Okay. You know, uh, but- that, really, that really awoke something in me. Please don't ever do that. <laughs> don't forget. But with us today is Dan Hydorn or Daniel Hydorn. What, what, what do you prefer? My full name is Daniel, but I prefer Dan. Oh my gosh, same, but I prefer Danny. So this will be very easy. Look at that. We won't confuse ourselves then. <laughs> yeah. Unless right. Mark goes, so Daniel, we'll be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, Dan, welcome. Who are you? Thank you. Who am I? I'm, I'm Dan. <laughs> I thought you were going to start quoting Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, my, my name is Dan Hydorn. That's right. And I'm from... Well, I live in L.A. right now, but uh, I am the a... L.A. Trilogy. Yeah, an L.A. Trilogy. Our last two guests are in L.A. Our last two guests have been in L.A. So that's Uh-oh. <laughs> well, then I'll say I'm originally from Springfield, Illinois. Whoa! Which uh, might help a little bit later in the podcast. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm a... I guess you could say a writer, creative, out here in the film and TV industry. Starting as, like, you know, office PA, assistant, writer's assistant... Do you want to mention any like places you've worked, either credited or uncredited? So, like, I was an assistant on the terminal list. Chris, <gasps> watch out, Chris. CP. He's gonna get you. <laughs> um, he's out for revenge. Uh, so check it out on Amazon Prime. Uh, I told you, you gotta use your contact so we can have him on for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll try my best, Danny. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. I can't believe that show took. Because I know when you said you worked on it, I can't believe that show took so long to come out. It did, remember, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like a year and a half after I worked on it before it finally came out. There was a lot of reshoots. Isn't and... it um, Taylor Sheridan involved? Or am I confusing that with something else? No, I don't believe so. Okay, it's he like, wasn't involved? Okay. Yeah, there's Taylor Kish. The, uh, That's the what I'm thinking yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he's probably he's great. He's you know he's pretty solid, very nice will, gentleman. We will eventually do an entire episode on Taylor Kitsch. Don't worry. <laughs> I hope you do. Great. John Carter. John. Yes, that's oh, right. That's right. <laughs> is that a DreamWorks movie? It's a. This is a Pixar podcast. That's and, a. Uh, that's an Andrew Stanton joint. I just added myself. Is. Yeah, this is um. It's directed by Andrew Stanton, the guy who did Finding Nemo. That's much like how this episode is relevant to Pixar in a weird way. Right. So. Right. That's that's freaky. Um, yeah, and I've also <laughs> also worked on Barry for a very short time. Then the pandemic hit, and so it got shut down. I was on like season oh. three. Um, but then yeah, we like closed all their offices. Very sad. And then moved on to yeah the terminal list and um, worked on Physical that show on Apple TV oh, Plus. Yeah, I know what that is. Do mm. you know it, Mark? Starring Rose no. Byrne. I was about to quiz Mark to guess what. Like, oh, sorry. actor from Neighbors was in it. It's okay. We would discuss that for Like, I've never seen Neighbors. I don't know, like, Rose Byrne? Have you seen Spy? I have not Have you seen Bridesmaids? You should see Spy. You know, Spy is, like, the I, best I, one. I talk all the time about watching Bridesmaids, and then I never get around to watching wow. it. Wow. All right. We're going to work for very quickly Rose Byrne's Every time I think I'm about <laughs> to watch something new, 
a, another episode of Attack on Titan is released, <laughs> and this happens. You gotta do what you gotta do. This then. happens once every two years. Have you seen um, X Men <laughs> First Class? <laughs> um, s- it's been a while. Yeah, who was she in X Men First Class? The, the not mutant character that was the girlfriend. Why would I remember a not mutant character from X Men <laughs> First seen Class? Have True Family. She's Marky Wait. Mark's. No, wife. She, she's also in gonna... Star Wars. Yeah, I was gonna say she's two. in. Yeah, she's in Star Wars episode two. Attack of the Clones. Wait, who is she in Star Wars episode two? She's I'm either like... the decoy for this, the the replacement senator, or the actual replacement senator. Oh, I, she's, she's one like, of the decoys. I, I, yeah, oh, she's the like, one who's killed, she, right? I know. I think she's the like Corday. a handmaiden. Yeah, Corday. Yeah, yeah, she has a name. Yeah. 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 She's a great so, actress, though. She's been around for a while. Yeah, she was lovely. A really a weird story regarding her um, was I got assigned to uh, greet her at like a private airport when she flew in. So this was like during the pandemic, and oh, cool. so she was she's flying. Australian. She's Australian, yeah. So she was coming over, and for some reason they uh, picked me a, a little office PA to be her <laughs> greet her, greeter coming from <laughs> a private plane in like a Van Nuys somewhere. And say, "Hey, Rose, welcome to L.A." And that was it. And be like, "Here's your car." Um, and did you have like a sign? No, I mean it's like a. Pr- you weren't like one of those for Rose Burn or whatever. I have done that for other people, but not for Rose. They just wanted me to um, just go there and be a friendly face, um, and okay. just say welcome. And that was it. I guess she brought her kids with her long flight from australia can i can i be a jerk to mark right now and quiz him a little more on rose Byrne? just i have two questions for him okay you ready for this go for it so obviously i said she was a neighbor she's seth rogan's wife and neighbors she's also in another series of movies where she plays Domhnall gleason's wife do you know what movies those are the star wars sequels <laughs> nope the peter rabbit movies oh wow <laughs> i also this is my Damn, last I one. See those. So we're they're good. I remember <laughs> I, I, I stand up for those movies. Those movies are like um Paddington, if Paddington like had fart jokes. So like very low class Paddington <laughs> movies. <laughs> that but does sound actually like pretty appealing. Actually, you know what you should like watch if you like Paddington? Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Highly recommended. <laughs> um Javier Bardem goes ham. Okay. The other Rose Burden question I have for you is presuming you haven't looked her up. So, she was screen wives of Seth Rogen and Donald Gleason. Who is she the actual wife of? Very well-regarded character actor. Brendan Gleason. <laughs> no. Correct. <laughs> I'll give you one hint. Is that this actor has worked with Martin Scorsese, like, I think on TV only. Maybe he's been in a movie, but I think of him more as his TV roles of Scorsese. Mm. Oh, is it? I don't. I can't think of its name right now. I never can. But he's a good guy. But whoever was the guy in Friday Night Lights? No, not Kyle Chandler. So. It was Bobby Cannibal. Oh, you oh knew wow! It. I knew Bobby. you knew it. You, I know, you yeah. worked with her. Right? <laughs> you knew it. He was. You said he was you met not her there. kids. Oh, okay. yeah, I met her kids, but he was not there. Was she like, I'm sorry, there's no Bobby. <laughs> That's a really bad. Australian she was accent. very, very nice. Uh, that great accent, and it oh was something God. very similar. Just being like, hey, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. Are, are you okay? Rose Byrne, I think, was like the first time I realized, like, because, you know, Neighbors came out when I was in high school. 
because the first time I realized that like an older woman could be attractive to me, like and I was like, dang, she's really hot in that what? movie. Well, like you know, like you don't what usually movie? in neighbors, neighbors. She's very attractive in neighbors. Wait, you th- you realize that she could be attracted to you? No, I mean that like I could be attracted as an eighteen year old boy. I oh. could be attracted to this woman who's like thirty eight. You know, like oh. someone massively older than me. I guess I should support I, I, you. I think it's only weird to say because I'm talking to someone who's met this person. I think that's the only thing that makes this weird. <laughs> you never, you never had older women that you were attracted to before yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, what? how could he like, name that name that's be possible? I mean, not like, no, I mean, like, from. of course, I was like, in, no, I mean, like, someone who like was in a movie married with kids to Seth Rogen. Like, obviously, I was like, like. I don't want to use her as an example because I actually probably wasn't attracted to her because she's never been my type. But like, I'm sure like I saw Megan Fox in Transformers, like, oh yeah, she's hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, that's not the same. She's playing like someone in high school, and I'm in middle school on that movie. It was just mom vibes that you were attracted to. <laughs> no, she's. A, have you seen Neighbors? She's very attractive. That no, movie? but that's what you're saying is that I like you don't know these people's ages, but you're attracted to a mom. I guess. Yeah, Neighbors was the first time I was attracted to a mom. I want to push Seth Rogen out of the way. <laughs> he goes, I don't know. I can't do a Seth Rogen laugh. I want to do the Fablemans to Seth Rogen. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> That's Neighbors 3's plot is him going for the Fablemans. Dan, do you have any, any like current events? What's on your mind lately? Dan just starts like filibustering about like some bill in the house we've never heard of. <laughs> that would be acceptable too. I have been thinking about like DVD cases, just kind of like a kind of missing them, missing like the little inserts. I haven't like bought, I guess, a movie in a while. I just bought three movies. Oh, well, maybe it's just me, but I guess I haven't had one that has I'm... good stuff, like like a fun like little pamphlet to look through or yeah, those are missing nowadays. And I remember the certain movie we're about to talk about had a really cool just like little gatefold thing and it, it reminded me of like vinyl and I was like oh that's why I kind of like those now too I love I guess just touching through the items and having a physical version of it have you ever tried criterion collecting no I've never stepped into it because I feel like it would it go very dark very soon okay. <laughs> like I, you know, I just buy so many I was like I can't well that's I can't why you gotta look for the sales but yeah I, I have... guess I have about like fifty of them, and I think I've opened three of them. <laughs> That's oh not God. what I bought. <laughs> what? I bought John Wick one and two because my brother got me John Wick three a couple years ago at Christmas, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I know you own the other two. and I was like, "I don't," and he was like, "What? I could have bought all three. Went for cheaper than this." And I was like, "Well, you should have." Yeah, well, he almost got it. <laughs> I would have given one, like, my thought on that was, like, though, so, like, you could have given me all three, and I would have just given away, you know, one and two to somebody else, <laughs> you know? I have friends who like John Wick. Mm-hmm. Popular but. movies. I think I've only seen the first one. Sorry. Gotta catch up. Gotta I catch know. up. They're on four. You know what the, how long the fourth one is? How long is the fourth one? Two hours and 49 minutes. Wow. That's too long, in my Holy opinion. Holy cow. <laughs> Maybe I'll be proven wrong. That's kind of intriguing. Wow. What is is possibly still going on in the John Wick universe? I just don't know. The thing thing about that is the third one to me was too long. And the third one was like 2.10. Like 2 hours 10 minutes. So it's like, 
You're adding 40 more minutes <laughs> onto that. <laughs> what? That's not a good idea. <laughs> also, do you know who... I, I assume you don't, Dan. Maybe I'm wrong, but Mark, do you know who Scott Atkins is? I've heard that name, but I don't think oh, okay. I do. I uh, Scott Atkins is like a very like direct-to-video stuntman that's very like well-regarded like in that space of like... You know how like there's all those direct-to-video action movies that are like... Some of them are like, there's actual craft to this. Anyway, Scott Atkins is in John McFour wearing a fat suit. Cool. Oh, did I see a clip of him fighting Keanu Reeves and everyone was like, oh, it's Scott Atkins. That's probably where you saw it, yeah. In a fat suit. Yeah. Move over the whale. It's the the (laughs) Yeah, it's immediately I thought of, yeah. It's the thing. Huh. Well, maybe I'll watch the second, and then the third, and eventually the fourth. The first is the best still to me, but Mm. yeah, I get you. It it definitely brings you in. Yeah. Mark, do you have any life updates? No, the new episode of Attack on Titan is out. <laughs> Did you watch it? It's big. I mean, I'm halfway through it. I just do it over meals and things. But if if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, Attack on Titan is this anime, which is like an action horror anime, and it was a really big deal a while back in like 2016 or something. They were releasing seasons like you do pretty consistently year after year, and then the fourth season came out like halfway before the start of the pandemic, and now they have been slowly releasing season four over the course of like four years, and it's just kind of a joke now, separate from how much people like the anime, that they're releasing season four so slowly. So now a new episode has come out, and it's the only one until fall, so it's wow. I just gotta check in. My life update is speaking of anime, I went with my I drove to visit my dad for his birthday, even though his birthday is this coming weekend, because we've seen every Creed movie together. And the only reason, I'm using this as a transition because the new Creed movie, Michael B. Jordan has been doing interviews saying like this is the the I try to make this so anime and I told my dad this before, and I was like, yeah, he keeps saying this movie's anime, and I'm curious how that works out. And then I saw it, and I was like, he, he wasn't lying. It's very anime. <laughs> like, That's not what I want to use this segment on. I want to use this segment on another movie I saw this weekend. A movie that I've talked about in this podcast before. That is, I went to go see the new film Selfie. Now, to recap for the listeners and to tell Dan what Selfie is about, it has possibly the greatest premise of any movie I've ever heard of. Oh my god. So. Wow. Go on. This movie, the, I'll, I'm going to describe what the trailer was for you, not the movie. What the trailer sold me on is I went to go see this Indian movie like a month ago. And they, you know, they have all the Indian trailers in front of it. And one of them is for this movie titled Selfie. And I want to clarify to Dan and to the listener, remind them that Selfie is spelled with two E's at the end of it, for some reason, in this title. It is never explained in the film why it's spelled that way. I assume it's so that way they can trademark the name. Um, but Go on. the plot of Selfie is that this movie star, big Bollywood star, has to um, get a driver's license in order to shoot the final action scene of his movie because they lost his driver's license. However... When he goes to get his driver's license... Meanwhile, there's this other character, who's our other main character, who is his biggest fan. Like, the world's biggest fan of this guy. Like, he, like, has... Like, this isn't that unusual, because people have told me in India, like, there's a lot of movie stars that get this. But he has, like, a shrine to this actor in his house. 
And he works at, like, the equivalent of the DMV. And he's told, can we expedite, like, we can expedite his driver's license, and then you get to meet him. So he's like, yeah, of course, and I want my son to meet him, too. That'd be so odd. Like, more like, he's more like freaking out. However, on the way to the DMV, the paparazzi finds out about it. And so the star assumes that this guy sold him out. So he walks in the DMV, goes, how dare you disrespect me? I was going to take a selfie with you. Instead, you're just a money-grubbing idiot, not a fool, and you're wasting my time, and you're trying to embarrass me in front of the press. How dare you? And he, like, spits in his face, throws this thing on the ground, and he says to the son, he's like, your father is an emotionally abusive man who should never be allowed to have children, <laughs> basically. So then the premise is, it's fan versus, world's biggest fan versus world's biggest star, because he's like, the DMV guy's like, I will not give him a driver's license because he disrespected me in front of my son. <laughs> I think this is the greatest premise ever, personally. And I saw it. Wow. Is that your story about it? That's the same. No, that was the, that was the recap for Dan and for the listeners. It was um, helpful then. Okay. Yeah. Um, the hmm. thing that's interesting about the movie is that there's an entire number plot in this that's not in the trailers at all where there's a villain. <laughs> where the villain is just a rival star who's, like, embarrassed that he has to, like, do commercials for things like um, erectile dysfunction. And it's just, like, he's, like, I want... And he, like, cast... He, like, calls up, like, a witch doctor or something to, like, cast a hex on him to, like, have him fail. Been there. But then it reveals at the end that the hex had nothing to do with it. He was just calling, like, the mafia and people involved in him to set things up. At one point, the fans son gets stoned by someone and he thinks it's the other like he thinks it's the guy who like is doesn't have the license but then it's like no it was this other character who no one has met in this movie who's just jealous of him being a star <laughs> um, i feel like i'd be rooting for that guy well the reason the, the movie is a little annoying for the first half it's like trying to be too serious but in the second half is like they set up a TV special where he takes the driver test. <laughs> so it, it's like, option A, you turn on your left turn. It's like, no, yes. I could do anything right now in Hollywood. I would purchase the rights to this and remake it for Americans. Because that's what we should do whenever we see a good foreign movie, is remake it for America. Who would you, like, cast as the... Pedro Pascal, obviously, <laughs> as, the, as the fan. Good obviously choice. as the dad, because he's the oh, dad. Oh, okay. I have a lot of options in mind for the star. Because the big thing in the movie is also he's, like, an older star. So the obvious choice is Tom Cruise. I don't think Tom Cruise would be willing to make fun of himself that much, though. Maybe Robert Downey Jr., maybe The Rock. But a part of me is, like, I just want to radically rewrite it so that way, like, it's Harry Styles instead of it being an older (laughs) star. And it's Pedro Pascal versus Harry Styles. (laughs) And I don't know who, like, I think Chris Evans has to be, like, the other villain. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, well... (laughs) I guess Harry Styles have to go with someone younger. But if I went with Robert Downey Jr., yeah. It's got to be Chris Evans is the bad guy. He's like, how dare Robert Downey Jr. be moved? Or Chris Hemsworth. One of those two, you know? (laughs) It has to be a Chris. Yeah, it has to be a Chris. Not Pratt. Pratt. Pratt wouldn't do it. Pratt wouldn't do it. Maybe maybe you can do some calls. Make some calls. (laughs) (laughs) He's too busy. He's too popular. Ah. Cross the board. You're right. He's got to be Garfield. Mark. Mark wants me to transition into the games because he tried to 10 minutes ago and I refused. <laughs> I think our format change is going to be really cool. I think we'll be able to <laughs> I think we'll be able to incorporate all of this naturally into our conversation about the movie. You ready for a game, Dan? Yeah. Game me. All right. Game. Welcome to Game. For the last time 
We'll explain why after we're going all these games, to the, these rounds today. Oh. Last time for the Letterbox game, where we try to guess movies based on films that Letterbox says we might also enjoy. So if Letterbox said, recommends Big Hero Six and Mega Mind in the recommended tab, the movie you could be trying to guess might be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I start by giving you the first five recommended titles. That every wrong guess of the original movie, you'll ever get more titles or another hint. I leave titles out of the recommended list that the same director of the original film or in the same franchise. So for Spider-Verse, I would not say The Amazing Spider-Man because that's a Spider-Man movie. I would not say Rise of the Guardians because it was directed by Peter Ramsey, who directed Spider-Verse. I know that's a lot to keep track of. So what I always do also is because okay. this episode's about the Simpsons movie, I'll tell you what the Simpsons movies are, okay? You give me an example. So this, that, that's what yeah, this is, the example okay. is the Simpsons movie. So, Copy that. So the five for the Simpsons movie would be Ted, Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, A Million Ways to Die in the West, Ted 2, Holmes and Watson, which is the <laughs> Will Ferrell John I've C. Seen that. I'm wow. so sorry. I haven't. <laughs> that was a good Tuesday. <laughs> it definitely seems like a Tuesday movie. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Yep, Definitely. Wow, so okay. basically, it's basically like movies that are algorithmically related to the film mm-hmm. we're talking about. Now, to keep this relatively easy, when we have a guest, we keep it to movies that made it $100 million or more at the box office. And then we order them from most popular letterboxed to least popular letterboxed. And we do three rounds. Do you have any questions before we start? Are there teams? See, aha! So you can either play against Mark, or you can play together. But we usually have Mark play against... What do you think, Mark? I think we should play against. Let's do it. Yeah. You scum. You're going down. Round one. I like to fight. Your five movies are Southpaw, Cinderella Man, Million Dollar Baby, The Fighter, Warrior. Foxcatcher. Creed 2. Foxcatcher is not in the top 25. Creed 2 is not the movie, but it is in the top 25. So now, you'll get the year the movie came out. The year the movie came out is 2015. Creed 1. Yeah, I was going to say Creed 1. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. Creed 1. <laughs> Damn it. Cool. Now, here's a, here's a little fun thing I'll point out. And I'm and maybe you guys... Well, I know you're not a Rock, Mark, are you a Rocky scholar? A Rocky scholar? A Rocky like, scholar. Have you seen all the Rocky movies? You look like a um, Rocky scholar. I, I have, actually, but I'm not a really a Rocky scholar. I well, don't know if y'all had AMC, but I was one of those people that just had that on in the morning. So that's how I've seen every Rocky movie multiple times. Oh, wow. No, I'm not a scholar of Rocky. Creed 2 is listed as the second most familiar movie to Creed 1. So I <laughs> want to know if you can guess which Rocky movie is the most related to Creed 1. Rocky 1. Rocky 3. Well, if you are wrong, it's Rocky Balboa, a.k.a. Rocky Six, the one right before Creed. Which makes sense Whoa. because it's designed, to, that one's designed to be a finale for Rocky, much like Creed is meant to be like an end for Rocky, like as a character. There's six uh, Rocky movies? Outside of the well, Creed? Creed 3 the thing is, is the ba- ninth Rocky movie total. Right, right. Yeah. I actually have never seen Rocky Balboa, and I think it's, it's because it's like the sixth movie that it's like, it's kind of off doing its own thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's pretty pretty solid. I like Rocky Balboa. That one and Rocky 2 are the only like good sequels to me. Mm. And then Creed and Creed 3 are good too. What's the opposite um, of like a Rocky scholar? 
because that would be me. Someone who's only seen Rocky Five. <laughs> Someone who's I, only because Rocky, Rocky Five is the one no one watches. <laughs> that would be me because I've seen. I don't think I've seen any of them. I would say that somehow, if you'd only seen Rocky Five, that's worse than not seeing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to see it. I'll watch it right after this. I'm curious when the Creed three because the Creed three ones aren't up yet. I'm curious when Creed threes are up if there'll be any anime on there. Otherwise, Michael B. Jordan will call him and be like, add some anime to my list. Be Attack on Titan. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for round two? Yes. All right, your five films are Hero, Fearless, The Forbidden Kingdom, House of Flying Daggers, The Grand Master, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kung Fu Panda. All right. Good well, guess. I'll tell you this. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda, unfortunately, is not in the top 25, but it is Crouching Damn. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Nice. Michelle Yeoh, I loved you from the start. <laughs> it's kind of weird that Kung Fu Panda's not there. It's almost like they think animation's <laughs> not cinema. Call of Del Toro. <laughs> there's, actually, there's no animation on here. I, there know, is I don't Star think Wars seen... Attack of the Clones, though. <laughs> and Alita Battle Angel. Hey, shout out to Rose Byrne again. Actually, there's only one not Kung Fu movie in the top um, 25. Well, yeah, and that's The Matrix Reloaded, which is the which is a not kung fu movie in air quotes. I don't think All I've right. seen any of those movies you mentioned. Uh, Hero's pretty good, although have you seen Crouching Tiger? No, I haven't seen that either. That's that's the priority I'd say. Right. Yeah. Six. That's, I said that's the way in, and it's a really good one too. That's the same people who that did the fight choreography for the Matrix movies did that movie. Copy that. I, okay. Yeah. I do think. It's cool, because I had to remove the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that everyone forgets happened, because it was a direct-to-DVD, well, direct-to-Netflix sequel that came out, like, 16 years after the first movie with no returning cast members. Um, <laughs> Slouching Tiger. That one I obviously removed. It's it's called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, colon, Sword of Destiny. Um, of course it is. <laughs> uh, but Hero is above that, which makes sense, because Hero came out, like, the year after Crouching Tiger, no, two years after Crouching Tiger, and was able to capitalize on its success and do pretty well at the box office too. Is it anything like Heroes? Because I've seen a couple no, of those No, Hero episodes. is one man defeats three assassins who sought to murder the most powerful warlord in pre-unified China. Hmm. A lot of big... Actually, there's probably more stars in Hero than there are in Crouching Tiger to me. Because that's Jet Li, Tony Leung, Maggie Chung, Donnie Yen, and Zhang Ziyi. Hmm. A lot of good actors i assume you recognized at least two of those i hope mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah okay good maybe okay. three <laughs> maybe three yeah i, I realized i, I wasn't I'm not a cultured person yeah it's okay i sounded very aggressive that's not what i meant <laughs> you okay. ready for the last round yes this will be the hardest your five films are jurassic world jungle cruise the meg jurassic park Jurassic Park 3. Apocalypse Now Redux. That will just be counted as Apocalypse Now because they don't have them separately listed on Letterboxd, just so you know. What's, uh, what's the second one called? Uh, the Lost Kingdom? Is that what it's... Wait. Um... Well, remember, I said there are no... like I said Jurassic Park. Nothing oh. from that franchise will be in there. Oh, okay. I did not remember so, that. Um, yeah. Well, that's, I'm making sure you don't waste your gas. That's what I'm saying. That. Appreciate you. Um, oh, Kung Fu Panda 2. Good guess. Okay. <laughs> So, Apocalypse Now is not on the top 25. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because something is in the top 25 that was not in it the last time I checked this for this game, even though I never used it. There's a new movie in the top 25, which makes me laugh. But anyway, um, what was the other guess? Apocalypse Now is not in the top 25, and uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, 2 Danny. not in the top 25. So the year this movie came out is 2008. Transformers. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So Transformers is not in the top 25. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is in the top 25. Neither are the correct answer. So now you get five additional movies to help you out. Okay, and then I'll recap it for the listeners after I say the five additional movies. So the five additional movies are Aquaman, Jumanji, Jurassic World Dominion, A Sound of Thunder, The Atom Project. So the ten films you have are Jurassic, and it's a movie from 2008, Jurassic World, Jungle Cruise, The Meg, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3, Aquaman, Jumanji, Jurassic World Dominion, A Sound of Thunder, The Atom Project. Green Cloverfield. Lantern. So Cloverfield and Green Lantern, I heard that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cloverfield is not in the top 25. Green Lantern is not in the top 25. So now you get the actor that is billed the number of movies you've hit in the top 25, which I am sorry to say that since you hit one film in the top 25, you will get the second billed actor. And the reason I say I'm Ooh. sorry is because I don't know how helpful this will I don't think this will be as helpful if you didn't hit that uh, but the second build actor in this film is Josh Hutcherson of the Hunger Games fame oh I feel oh. I, that oh. reveals that's not a Hunger Games movie but also I think 2008 tells you that race to which mountain wow that is a um, movie Josh Hutcherson but I will not confirm or deny if that is the film yet until Mark puts in his guess well, I'm going to guess Journey to the Center of the Earth because maybe that'll be the other one. Around. I don't know. Yeah. Was he in that? Yeah. I don't know. I Race was. Rich Mountain is not in the top 25, Dang. but it is Journey to the Center oh, of the Earth. Oh, my gosh. Mark. I would not have gotten that wow. without your guess. So the Box game ends with Mark getting everyone right. Congratulations, <laughs> Mark. You were not stunned. Mark. Why did you watch that? I didn't watch this is I've told I think I, I thought I told you is I was keeping it I didn't tell Dan this and I probably should have these are all movies I've seen since the beginning of the year I didn't remove anything from this list since the beginning of 2022 23 so Mark you knew I watched all the Brendan Fraser movies for the Fraser Fawn back I in thought January. Dwayne Johnson was in that no he's in Journey 2 <laughs> T-W-O oh, I, The I, Mysterious I, uh... Island I only got it right because I confused him and Dwayne Johnson. So I removed <laughs> I also. Journey to the Center of the Earth. To, no, sorry, to the Mysterious Island and the original Journey to the Center of the Earth, which came out in 1959. But the fun fact of a film that just entered this is that Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania is now in the top 25 of this. <laughs> but it was not when I first saw this movie. And I'm like, great. I'm glad that's the only MC movie to be in this. I guess I could have done Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I see they have similar films up now, but I think I think we're all okay that I didn't do another superhero movie because superhero movies are the most annoying part of this game. Mark I can why. see that. Because it's like, you just, it's really more just a guessing game. Like, when did this actor appear in the superhero movie, you know? I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, uh, who else is in Journey to the Center of the Earth then? Just those two, really? Like the, it's like a model who hasn't been in movies. I know, um, Seth Myers is that the guy who has late night? <laughs> Seth Myers is in it. 
Yeah. But he has like a cameo. It's like a very small cameo in the movie. No way. Is he like a talking plant? No, he's like the the person who works with Brendan Fraser and is like, guess who got a promotion and you didn't at the beginning of the movie. And at the end of the movie, <laughs> Brendan Fraser is like, sorry, I'm too busy winning my Nobel Peace Prize. They're building me a laboratory now. You could rent it if you want. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's his role, is to be the jerk who gets dunked on at Great. the end. <laughs> Perfectly cast. Yeah, really. It does work. It's a really cameo that casting. works. <laughs> Who casted this? It's movie? always Great funny job. when like there's a role of a cameo that gets like full billing because it is like it's like Brendan yeah. Fraser, Josh Hutcherson, whoever the female lead is, who's like an actress who's only been in during the center of the earth, mm-hmm. at least for American movies, and then it's like Seth Meyers, <laughs> and it's like great. I'm glad you got full <laughs> billing for your nothing role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well there you have it. That's wow, Lawyerbox right. game. We'll that never do it again. So that's it. That was the last one. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Goodbye. Mark's D- killing well, it. Dang, I hope it, hope it was good enough for We're both killing it. We're both killing it. <laughs> Dan, do you you only knew it for a short time, but I think <laughs> it would want you to say something. Do you have any words for the Letterbox <laughs> game? Um. Yeah, well, Letterbox game, you came into my life just today, and uh, boy, did you make an impact. I mean, wow. <laughs> I, I I wish I had more to say, but you just you kind of took away any words that I, that I could say because you it was so much fun. Thank you, Letterbox Game. So thank you. In honor in honor of the Letterbox Game, are you gonna watch Creed, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and During the Turn of the Earth? And hey, fantastic triple feature. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. You should definitely watch the first two of the movies at some point. Yeah, no, I should actually. I, I definitely <laughs> both of those movies. Okay. Don't don't watch Journey. It's either one's, I'll watch okay. those two or I'll just watch Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Don't be course. bullied into watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> you say this, but Mark, I texted you on Sunday night as I was leaving Creed Three, like, bro, see Creed Three, and you're like, okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I forget what I was doing, but it was it was one of those weird nights, you know. Mm. Makes sense. You're Movie like, oh, fatigue Creed, is that real. sounds good. Sometimes you watch too many of them. Too many creeds. Too many creeds. Well, more, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we we want to hear where this is going. What you no, I don't have, you know, whatever. <laughs> you just, just, I, <laughs> so, like, I am pretty much the opposite of Danny Dan to introduce you to the show. Yeah. So I feel like our viewing experiences are like the opposite of each other where he like grew up with Pixar and I didn't and I'm I'm mm-hmm. discovering a lot of these movies on the way in. So every time I watch a Pixar movie it requires like three times the amount of attention because I then I have to do an right. improvised book report on them every week. Mm-hmm. And I I like doing that. That's an interesting challenge. But then sometimes you do get that movie fatigue where you're like, I can't watch, like, another fun jaunt of a film. Because I, I just like things about sad people and people who, you know, take walks on the beach and shit like that. I mean, there's some sad uh, Pixar movies. Usually the first uh, ten minutes. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of that part of the movies, and then it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mark, it's did neither you cry last week? I, I assume this movie to make you cry. Huh? Well, no, Might I mean, have. I cried. All, I cried a lot at Ratatouille. Yeah, I sh- I, I'm not like shitting on them all altogether, 
Ratatouille like got me high. I don't. Nothing. Nothing is ever gonna <laughs> compare to that. You're right. Yeah. I wanted to say that on the episode, but I was like, no, no, no. This it wouldn't translate. But really, Ratatouille is probably my number one, and I'm not gonna put it at the you know our end of the project list of number one movies because if you consider it in terms of all other Pixar movies and you make a list of best Pixar movies it's not going to be above other things on that list but like Ratatouille for me is a personal like mm. favorite film it took you there it made you it understand you Danny for once you're like okay no not at all I don't <laughs> like other he's no, like I how did you go to your birthday the closest you'll ever crazy? get to understanding him <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't. No, 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 not like that. I just I, we never really talked in Ratatouille about like the non-narrative aesthetic of Ratatouille, which is I talk about the really colors. what I. Hmm. I mentioned the colors. That's all. I was like, I talked about the colors. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just like it's. I don't know. We in, in the Simpsons, the for example. I I was like, I had a good time watching the Simpsons, and I had to pay so much attention to mm. the plot because that is just not something that I like pay attention to when i'm watching a movie but you know yeah, you're just you're, you're feeling it you're letting the just along for the ride kind of i don't want to sound like passive about it but i am more like if i'm watching a movie i like the experience of the place the place you're watching you know, it from sort of well no i mean like if a movie puts you in a certain place like puts in air quotes gotcha. but if it can take you to a different environment or you know, I think using the word mood would be a little unhelpful, but I like for movies that when movies have a certain mood and that sort of thing. And I do like some, I guess, you know, I'm ignoring plot when really plot is a big reason I like the movies that I like. But a lot of Pixar movies are about like the importance of making friends like Creed is <laughs> most, they're mostly if movies about making friends. friends. You know, I wish we'd, uh, cause we had a conversation last week about, like, when you mentioned, like, stuff can only be done in animation that you can't do on the big screen. And now I'm like, well, I just saw Creed, and that was anime. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that was interesting. I feel like that kind of flies in the face of what I was arguing about last week. And, and Dan, I don't know, I'm just, I'm sorry about this. I want to loop you into this conversation about an oh, episode okay. that has not come out yet. We're talking about how difficult it is sometimes to translate animation to live action because you perceive information differently in animation versus live action so you can do you can communicate in different ways it's just easier one way or another but creed got pretty close i was actually surprised that they translated some things that way it, it must have been difficult for him to be the director cool. who crazy directorial debut like it's insane like that's one of the uh, it sounds crazy to say like a creed movie is like one like not even a, like a franchise movie is like this is one of the greatest directorial debuts i've seen recently but it really is it's like oh my god sorry go on well <laughs> and about creed it's easy to see where he doesn't have ideas honestly and i think i got some vibes from this too that i get from eight mile weirdly i always compare um not a vanity project but anything where you're kind of like your own producer i compare them to eight mile because eminem does not make any wrong moves in eight mile he's always eight mile the cool guy it should have become a franchise like rocky where like we had a new eight mile every two years <laughs> oh my god that'd be incredible <laughs> the eight eight mile. I, I watched eight mile for the first time nine mile ten mile yeah, exactly. 11 mile i'm not even joking i would watch that like i think eight mile i think eight mile is a perfectly fine movie with a 
baller third act. And, like, you just give yeah. me movies like that where it's, like, serviceable drama and then the third act is, like, insanely <laughs> entertaining. Like, because that's basically every Rocky movie, right? Mm. Like, there's the good ones like Creed and the original one where it's, like, the, the drama is good. Um, and then there's ones like Creed 3... Or like Rocky Two, where the drama is fine, but then when you get to the action, and you're like, "Oh yeah," you know. And there's balance. Well, <laughs> yeah, I just think th I just thought that his choices kind of served him, and he has like three monologues in Creed Three, and they're shot mostly in long takes on him, and it's just kind of like, "All right, man," like. Hey, I think I, when you're the director, he's like, hey, just keep it rolling. I think the very important mm -hmm. context to Creed 3 is, and this is what I've been saying to everyone who, like, bags on it. Like, my brother gave it 2 point... Yeah, I know you're not bagging on it, Mark. I know you like the movie. But my brother gave Creed 3 2.5 on Letterboxd. I'm like, that's ridiculous. No way. Because the thing is, Creed <laughs> 2 is written by Sylvester Stallone. So, in Creed 2... <laughs> what? Michael B. Jordan doesn't get anything to do in his own movie. <laughs> so, to really? me, you being like... He, he, he gives himself so much. I'm like, well, to be honest, like, I can't blame him after what Creed 2 was. Like, like very fair. Like, because in Creed 2, he just, his character constantly makes the worst decisions. And then Stallone comes in and is like, like, a, like he's like a god, the character in Creed 2. Like, in the first Creed, he makes a bunch of mistakes. So does Donnie. Second Creed, he, like, you should have listened to Rocky. Rocky knows best. You know, Rocky makes no mistakes. And so it's like, yeah, like, I'm okay. I, I get what you're saying, Mark, but it's also like I don't blame him at all for doing that. Well, after what Creed and two I, was. I mean, I had a I had a really good time at Creed. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna say don't watch Creed. I'm just like, if you if you think about it critically and you do perceive like he makes such strong choices in the fights, and there is some like r amazing moments in the fights. It's just like, oh, like just choose another like just you you just want to slow push in just shoot it in the one take like that so i can see tessa thompson's face do this as a two shot you already shot this earlier argument as a like shot reverse shot thing dan i want to turn something over to you because this is something i was thinking about based on something i read earlier about this thing about like translating animation to live action and then we'll get to the fucking simpsons movie um <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, like, get just, the, stuff, we'll get to the instead? transition stuff that we're actually supposed to do <laughs> No, I'm I mean, sorry. Just... I got. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I wish I had watched Creed though. Any of them. No, I got wound up. But so when I think about like translating things from animation to live action, I think there are some things that are more successful than others. Other people may disagree about my assessment of this, but I think that some things just don't work so well. Ma translating animation to live action, like I think Speed Racer is a great movie. I think that you know some of the the panning they do doesn't work or what am I just trying to say like the 3D Another effects I they do seen. Okay. Speed Racer um, is a bigger priority than Creed 3 I gotta say I'll just, I'll just put that on the table Speed Racer is a like bigger a bad priority film enthusiast now bad, no, bad student you're not you a bad would film love enthusiast. Speed Racer though I'm just saying he would love it I know you would love Speed Racer you're probably right yeah Speed Racer yeah. is great um, yeah. I just think that for me like a really good example of translating that kind of stuff is Scott Pilgrim which mm. took cartoon, which is or like comic effects, and used existing film language, uh, like live action film language uh, from like expressionism and silent films, to sort of like make an equal effect translating from the page to the screen. And I think that is m more effective adaptation to me. Like you can take some things from animation to live action, but some things just aren't aren't gonna work and I don't 
I don't need to see. Like I did, I didn't know that some things in Creed Three could be done. Really? Like, well, it's what is this honestly what I'm talking. Film? What I'm talking. It's no, anime. It's, it's, <laughs> no, 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 it's like, not God. that groundbreaking. But it's just like you know how they shot fight scenes in Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. Um, like the ones with him being shirtless. That's mainly what I remember. <laughs> well, yeah, but he, then he has that moment where it's like he narrates Zack Snyder, like, oh, yes. Like, yeah, so they, okay. that's basically what they do in Creed, but they they don't do that. Ex- like, imagine if all of those were, like, in a one-shot, and then they kind of, like, blurred different... Like, it's so hard to explain. Remind it reminded me of lo- Punch-Out at some points, too, like the video game Punch-Out, if you ever played Punch-Out. Yeah, okay, it was mind. just... Sorry for these no. comparisons that No, I mean, I it's fine. I haven't seen Simpsons. that either. I haven't seen that either. I've only seen the Simpsons movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's all I ever watch. It, it just looked like they lifted things like directly from anime fights, and that oh. was what was impressive because it wasn't like Scott Pilgrim or Sherlock Holmes, yeah. where you Something can see new. like, oh, this is this is doing the same effect, but it, it really yeah. looked like, wow, this is like they are animated, which was just impressive. My favorite so. thing about the movie is like it feels like a movie. Like, you know, <laughs> go to the theater film movie. You nice. know, kind of the reason where you go to watch something on the big screen. <laughs> All right. Nice Dan. done, Danny. Thank you. Livia. Dan, I'm sorry about Livia, this. Livia, I love you. Hey, Dan. What? Before what? we talk about The Simpsons, huh? how'd you first encounter Pixar? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, the classic... Pixar. I don't know. Let's We're gonna see. get. We'll explain The Simpsons later on. Sure, we gotta, we gotta, sure, sure. We gotta, we gotta do this part first. Um. Let's see. I mean, probably. Uh. Just Toy Story. I think. Right. That's Pixar. I feel like. Yeah. Toy I've, Story. Uh, probably that. I think. Um. Watching it either. I don't remember if it was in theaters or. Probably just a VHS tape. Toy How Story. How old are you? I forget. How much older are you than me? Reveal your age, dare you. Dan. How dare you, Danny? Uh, no, I am uh, 27. Yeah, so you're my age. We didn't see Toy Story in the year. We were born the year Toy Story came out. That's what I thought. I, well, yeah. I, I might have seen, you might have seen though, two, like, though. You might have seen two. I might have seen like you know a rerun of it. I remember seeing Shrek again yeah. a couple years later in oh, theaters possibly. again. But, uh, they yeah, re-released sorry. it in 2009, too. Maybe you saw it in theaters then. I don't know. No, I was not. That's maybe a little Let's go away. No, I was not watching it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do remember vividly um, Toy Story 2 uh, playing like the the um, the Game Boy game. And that's probably like my most interaction with Pixar at an early age was playing that, hanging out with the Chicken Man. Um, I remember really hating the fact that whenever... Um, Woody like loses his arm. I just it destroyed me. I just hated it so much. I was like, I don't want to watch the rest of this. Like, Woody's like they lost his arm. This is too sad. Like, I I, I remember having a similar issue with like Spider Man. <laughs> Whenever things would go uh, poorly for uh, Peter, aka Toby, I'd always be like, I don't. Can he just get his 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 <laughs> shit together? I'm like, I don't want to watch this then. And so it took that was like early me. So very positive, I guess. <laughs> I only wanted happy stories. And when do you think, if you did, when did you start... I feel like everyone has an age where they start growing away from Pixar. I mean, eventually we come back to it, obviously. But I think mm-hmm. there's, like, you know... There's a time in life where everyone's like, that's for babies, you know? When when do you think that was? Or do you think um, it never happened? It never happened <laughs> I <at> mean, <laughs> let's see. I, mean, I don't remember... I mean, 
I don't think I watched Inside Out in theaters, but I, I did enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> so maybe Dan. Dan. Wait, is that this is, where I get a reve- this is where I get to reveal why you're a groundbreaking guest. Is Dan hit me? Is the first person on this podcast to have seen Luca with me in theaters on my epic <laughs> journey to see Luca. Woo-hoo! Wow. Are you yeah. coming back for that? Me? No. No. <laughs> Ouch. Well, oh. Thanks a lot, Danny. What? Well, no, 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 no. It's not, I, we don't have anyone scheduled for Luca. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't mean Like, you know, it's just like, a, I don't know. Like, no. But you can come on for Luca, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I have. I mean, I've only saw it that one time with you. And uh, <laughs> I did enjoy it, though. I remember having a good time. Like, I don't think I... Like you said, I've never, I guess, really gone away from Pixar. Have They just haven't been, you know, probably my, my favorite movies, I guess. But I've always... It's kind of hard to avoid them. I, I mean, in our culture, I feel like. They're, it's true. They're part of uh, the lexicon, whatever, at this point. Yeah. Have now, you seen slash do you know what turning red is? <laughs> I do know what it is, but I have not seen it. Okay. It's okay. We, we, we did we have keep running people who did not know what it was, which was a new okay. new kind of turning red ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like to check in. Yeah, I, the ones that come out recently, besides Luca, I have not seen too many of them. You not see Soul either? Well, no, actually, I did see Soul. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was I was well, in jazz band so, in, uh, oh. in high school, so I was like, oh, oh, here we go. We don't we don't count Lightyear. No. <laughs> Never saw it. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah, okay. Turning Red, we're like, yes, check it out as soon as you can. But that one, we're like, mm-hmm. mm, it's okay. You can. You're good. <laughs> um. So. What's the first thing you think of when you think of Pixar? I know you just said it's part of our lexicon, but like, what would you say is like the trait of Pixar? Uh, I mean, the first thing I was thinking of was a uh, lamp. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's what I, I immediately think of. Lamp. <laughs> What's his name? Good. I know you guys know it. Luxo Junior. Luxo yeah. Junior. We did a whole episode on him. Yeah. Yeah. We have forty episodes of this podcast, and this is like. We're at like Pixar's like seventh or eighth movie total. So oh my God. what? <laughs> what are hey, you watching? Hey, tech demos and more. Tech <laughs> demos shows. and more. We're even reading some books later on. Oh, yeah, wow. we also watched. Um, we also watched podcast uh, now. Avatar two for some reason. <laughs> 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 at Pixar's best film. Yeah, Avatar can, two. Can Pixar. I pry into that a little more though, Dan? If we, if I'm yeah. telling you, let's go see a Pixar movie right now. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts about the experience you're about to have? Yeah, um, uh, it's gonna be heartwarming. It's gonna be probably in 3D animation. Oh, okay. <laughs> 2D. James Cameron <laughs> fired back. We're never gonna get away from it. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, there, there are a lot of blue people, yeah. or it's like a big it's be a lot boat. Of water. I will be honest. <laughs> when I went water. to see when I went to see Avatar in Dolby 3D, I got a couple trailers in 3D there, and the only one that looked good was the Pixar movie. It was Elemental, and that's probably though just because that CGI be, yeah. like. Cartoons usually look better in 3D than mm-hmm. live action stuff. But anyway, sorry. Go on. I just wanted to... Okay. <laughs> um, so what else do you think? Besides it being 3D and heartfelt. Which are good um, answers, I think. But yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, usually fun for the whole family. That's definitely part that of it. That usually is doing some heavy lifting there. When it's not fun. <laughs> sorry, no, I, I don't mean to be like... And you, you asked for my first things to come to my mind, yeah, and yeah, you're this good, is you're what good. I'm giving you. 
No, um, I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, they might sound generic, but um, also true. Um, no, no, no. I don't think that's generic. I think you've you've touched on some things that I think we overlook, especially in the context of what I was saying. Over, I'm like sometimes I want to have a bad time, not a bad time, you know, but I just I want I want to watch a movie about depressed people, and yeah. that is not something you expect when you go into a Pixar movie. It's yeah, exactly. Like, but, it's going to be very light. Yeah, like Dan you, did see Soul, so. right that one was quite heavy Uh, uh, you were mark were you the one who was like when woody lost his arm you were like yep lose the rest of that body too woody (laughs) yeah i wanted him to see something really go through a darker (laughs) tale uh i am usually a i'm usually a fan of movies like that but i mean i think that but that's not what i expect from pixar right it's you know but I, I mean, I don't know. I think we can we can kind of uh, overlook that or under, mm-hmm. us, underestimate that Pixar really as a brand is like a family-friendly thing. And yeah. Especially, I, yeah. I guess I'm coming at it from still like a, a child's perspective because that's like the last time I really thought about Pixar much besides, I guess, just seeing them coincidentally, but um, like with Danny, Luca. But um, so, yeah, it brings me back to... <laughs> Incidentally, I flew out for it. No, I mean, no, not I was being goofy. just showed up at my house. Was like, we're going to watch Luca. And I'm like, what? We're watching what? I've never heard of this. Who are you? Um, no, but uh, it's always good memories with watching Pixar. Like, it's always, yeah, like you said, family friendly and ha- like generally happy. Like uh, by the end, like the characters learn something by the end and it's always the world is like usually I think usually a better place afterwards you know, there's lovely growth for every character in a positive way and I wanted to press on that because the movie we're about to talk about comes out in the context of Pixar movies like Ratatouille and Cars right. just coming out and it is in <laughs> many ways not like that so right. we're here today to talk about the Simpsons movie well, first off, the Simpsons movie is a detour! Because it is not made by Pixar, in case you couldn't tell. What? <laughs> Whoa. This is a Pixar podcast. Well, here's why we cover it. Because fun fact that I meant to say last week that I forgot is that we have a very bad habit of not mentioning co-directors of movies like an extremely bad habit about it how dare you and the reason i mention this is because first a couple weeks ago we did a service up episode i didn't mention that movie is co-directed by chris buck do not worry we do not do degrees of separation on these things we will not cover chris buck's movies otherwise because he's never worked for pixar otherwise we'll be talking about frozen on this podcast which we do not want to do um but david silverman co-directed monsters inc Ergo, we will cover. Also, wow. Um, I'll talk to you about this later. He apparently has another project we could do a detour on that's a little interesting if we want to, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but he co directed Monsters Inc. and he did the Simpsons movie. He directed the Simpsons movie. He also apparently was an animation consultant on Looney Tunes Back in Action. So I guess we could have done... Lo- no, I'm kidding. We, we shouldn't do Looney Tunes back in action. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> oh, anyway, Eric Gold- Eric Goldberg uh, 
He was just a consultant on Looney Tunes back in action. He didn't direct the animation, so we don't need to even worry about missing that one. Um, but no, he co-directed a Pixar movie, so we're, we're going to cover his directorial feature debut, which is a film that was in development for quite some time. The Simpsons movie. The Simpsons movie. Movie oh, on the big man. screen. <laughs> yeah, I, this is the one I should have saved the Harry Styles quote for. Is the, talking about the Simpsons movie. Uh, <laughs> Simpsons movie. Obviously, The Simpsons is one of the biggest media franchises of our time and before our time. Because it started before we were born and will probably outlive us. Um, the That's Simpsons... Well, I remember The Simpsons in 2007 even being referred to as, dang, this show has run on for too long, and that was a long time ago. It's still going. It's yeah. still going. It's still, no it's still got new episodes out. Yep. I was, before we came on, I watched an episode from season eight, and it still had, like, like writers that people now refer to as, like, the old school Simpsons writers. Yeah. I what know. Ep what episode? Or is it too Season soon? 8, Episode 2, because I watched the one which has Albert Brooks in it playing a character who is almost the villain in this movie, and then they switched it around. Mm, I was I curious about that one, because I saw that in the description of, like, saying apparently that character is, like, a very beloved one-off Simpsons character. And I'm like, interesting. I always think it's interesting when, like, well... Well, I'll talk about my relation to Simpsons once I finish talking about like the entrance of the movie. The Simpsons movie comes out in July 2007, is a very big hit for, I don't know what expectations were at the time, but I feel like it did, you know, a lot of discourse leading up to the movie is like, well, Simpsons is a little not a, you know, not a big deal anymore, you know? People talk about The Simpsons if it's outdated and not. Well, like, it gets average ratings on TV. It's not really a big ratings draw. It's just The Simpsons. But no, The Simpsons movie makes $74 million on opening weekend. Fox had their expectation. I put that in air quotes because whenever a studio puts out expectations, they purposely lowball it. So that way it looks like it did better. But, for example, using Creed 3, the studio's expectations for Creed 3... No, no, this is a good example. The studio's expectations okay. for Creed 3 was $30 million. Because the the real box office predictors were like forty million, so it's like if it came out forty million, million it'll look really good. Creed went on to do fifty eight million, which meant it like did really massively well compared to like what anyone's predicting for it. Which is kind of what happens for the Simpsons, because if they predict forty million for it, that means they're really expecting fifty million and thus seventy four million. You know, that's all I'm saying. It's like it does very well, um, makes about I think one hundred eighty in yeah one hundred eighty three in the U S. So it's kind of front loaded, but that's okay. Um, it broke the record for the biggest um, animated TV adaptation of all time. It is a huge dang hit. And it's pretty well received for a Simpsons thing in 2007. You know? Um, I mean, it's well received in general. It gets a Golden Globe nomination for anime film. Obviously, the Oscars are never going to go for the Simpsons movie because, you know, it's the Simpsons. And yeah. I... I remember, well, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the memory, like our memories related to the film. This movie had a huge marketing push. Probably one of the, I would have to like really look at the summer of 2007, but I feel like I saw this more than I saw Transformers anyway, more than I saw Spider-Man or Shrek 3 anywhere. I think it's had one of the biggest marketing pushes I've ever seen. Or maybe this is like 12-year-old memory, like when memories of I'm 12, like making this bigger than it is, but uh, I, I remember. movie was... Unescapable. <laughs> I remember seeing 
like I remember seeing clips of it beforehand. It was like a big deal. They were like releasing. It was like just the the mush. Uh, the mush trailers. Scene. Yeah, the, the trailer. trailers were not. Maybe there was like one final trailer that came out like in the beginning of July that finally was like, here's what the plot of the movie might be. But I yeah. think the trailers were basically just like, here's a scene from the movie. The Simpsons movie is coming. Yeah. You know? That's what I remember. Yeah. It was like uh, Homer re- with the dogs. <laughs> I remember the Mush. teaser trailer Mush. that came out like a year before it came out, which was similar to. Do you guys remember the t- teaser for the SpongeBob movie that came like a full year before it came out? Where no, it's so. like. It's like live action submarine and it's like this is the port is breaking and they're like oh my god no no and then it cuts to spongebob like in like uh a bathtub playing with a submarine going and it's like a spongebob (laughs) movie coming next year and like none of the footage i remember the first trailer for the simpsons movie being similar even though i never watched this movie um it just like it was like a trailer like, I think it came out a few months before, like, because this came out in summer 2007. I think this trailer came out, like, in March 2006. And it was, like, the Superman logo flying everywhere across the screen. It was, like, someone comes to the big screen for the first time ever? And it, like, zoomed out, and it was, like, Homer wearing a Superman shirt going, Dow! or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, just, like, be like right. why are they making a movie about that? Or something like that. Oh, Homer. Uh, and it was, like, the Simpsons movie coming next year. But, yeah, the Simpsons movie. Dan, do you remember anything about this time? Like in my own life? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just looked up News That's... of the World, actually, in 2007. And yeah. the iPhone came out this year. It was the beginning wow. of the subprime mortgage Which is crisis. why there's no jokes about the iPhone <laughs> in this movie. Because otherwise, you know, there'd be a ton of... This came out in 2008. This would have been packed with well, iPhone jokes. <laughs> it would have been only iPhone jokes. <laughs> Well, I well, noticed that about, about when the guy records Grandpa on his phone, and it's like an old phone. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But, Dan, about do you remember anything about the time in your own life? Well, I would have been in, I guess, middle school. Um, and so, like, well, to preface it, for, for myself, after school, every day, like, I don't know if it was the same for you two, but on, like, I only got local channels. Um, so yeah, I had no same. cable, yeah. so it would just be, you know, Fox, and we didn't even get CBS because it, like we couldn't reach that one for some reason where we were at. <laughs> so it was like Fox, um, yeah, ABC, and like the the WB at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, always like at I was I think it was five p.m. It would be like The Simpsons, like two episodes of, I think it was two episodes. Or usually The Simpsons like King of the Hill, and so mm-hmm. The Simpsons was always it was always on always like it was the best one that we'd always wait to see and so i was hyped i do remember being like extremely excited for that movie and then being absolutely shocked when i actually liked it i was like wow they they did it i like this did you see it in theaters or on dvd i saw it in theaters and then bought that dvd as i mentioned earlier a great dvd it had this little, like, newspaper clipping, I think from, like, whatever, the Springfield Register or something, explaining all of the, the events of the movie, like, oh, Dome has hit, or it might have been about the um, lake cleanup or something, but it was, like, a beautifully printed little fake newspaper, and it had the donut, uh, you know, of course, on the, on the DVD. Incredible. 
beautiful okay. case. You just got me thinking of like a dream scenario for me where I get to program a series at the music box where it's just like theatrical released versions of like television shows at the movies where it's like let's show DuckTales and the Simpsons movie in a theater because I feel like the idea of watching this movie in a theater is so like crazy to me but like in a good way if that makes sense. I feel like you'd have a lot to program. No because it's really just Spongebob the Simpsons, and then you pick a Rugrats movie. I feel like, and, I and mean, Jimmy Neutron if, maybe. Are you are you purposefully like shutting other things out, or what do you mean? Like, like, like the South Park movie, and like Aqua Teen Hunger. Oh, Force. I would. You're right. I don't know why I forgot and, South Park. I 100 percent would show South Park. I would show Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um, not show Bob's Burgers movie. It's too recent. You know, like if it's too recent, no. <laughs> that's why I'd only show the first SpongeBob movie. You I know? would love a King of the Hill movie. That would be great. I have a story at some point of this podcast about movies based off cartoons. About movies? I don't want to get into it yet. (laughs) A story about movies? Well, you're on the right podcast. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I saw this film in theaters. I saw this film, I think, for the first time on DVD because I think I messaged my mom about this to check, and I think what happened was she saw it, or she saw it with my dad, and they really liked it, and then they bought the DVD, and then I watched it just on the DVD that way. I think that's how it happened. But then, you know, I don't really remember much beyond that. It was just one of many things that I watched along with the Pixar mush of mm-hmm. Incredibles I, and Ratatouille and that sort of thing. Right. Mark, I want some context from you, because Dan, you gave us this context, and I definitely appreciate it. I think it's very important for this episode. We need to also lay out not only our relationship with the Simpsons movie, but the Simpsons itself, you know? Right. Because... That you know, I think everyone with something as big as The Simpsons, I think everyone yeah. has like a relationship to it or a lack of relationship with it that can be defined. Well, it's hard to say because I have the same experience that Dan had. Really, it's just going home and seeing it at that hour block after school, and beyond that, I don't think I really connected very much with it, especially after watching that season eight episode before coming on the pod today. Like there, there were 15 seasons of the show before I started watching the episodes, which at that time were probably contemporary, and I have no connection to like the old Simpsons before it got bad or whatever. Um, I don't even. I it's it's really hard to say what my relationship to it is because looking back, I think I was probably watching it around the time where it was starting to like ape Family Guy in, in a few ways, just like structurally and in terms of the jokes it was making. But not maybe not to the extent that it does now. I mean, I don't I don't even keep up with it very much. But it was just it was a thing to have on after school. It was a little edgier than a lot of the things I was watching. And I feel like we weren't allowed to watch King of the Hill that came on shortly after. But The Simpsons and like Thirty Rock and things like that around that time block were like sort of adult shows that we could watch even though the simpsons wasn't particularly like adult in any way i think the simpsons movie is actually more air quotes adult than anything i saw saw on television yeah Um, well i was gonna say just to remind everyone that i like being from uh like spring a springfield yeah (laughs) that made that means like every time i would ever say oh yeah i'm from the springfield area oh they're like oh you mean the simpsons no matter 
you know, where, what, what person it was and what country of origin, they're always like, oh, The Simpsons. Yeah. Did you have one of the um, the world premieres that you're in? You know what I mean? That's what I st- I've still got a bone to pick with 20th Century. Oh, uh, I see this. I opened it on <laughs> the, Wiki, but you can go yep. ahead and explain. Please explain for us. <laughs> well, they had that wonderful, great idea, competition to see uh, who would like get the premiere for the Simpsons movie out of all the different Springfields in the United States. And that damn Vermont. <laughs> Springfield, Vermont. Oh, beautiful... <laughs> Ugh, disgusting Vermont. Oh my gosh, there's a picture of Bernie. There's a picture of Bernie Sanders at the premiere of the Simpsons movie in Vermont. Uh, on yeah, the I saw that. Oh my god, that's okay. That's kind of awesome now. So maybe I take back what I just said. But yeah, so we were extremely angry when we lost. But I remember. Actually, I don't think I voted in the competition, so maybe it was my fault. <laughs> I can't uh, remember. Do you think if I your did. vote would have counted for about? about 600 votes 700 <laughs> votes uh, it that's wasn't how much close, you lost was it? oh my it god it was um, 15,367 to 14,634 wow that was really close that is oh my god I should have voted um, yeah, but don't I, boo vote <laughs> <laughs> don't vote in actual elections vote for these important things <laughs> hey like the Simpsons, I, the Simpsons I, I'm voting in a bracket for another podcast I'm not allowed to mention on air and yesterday, the deci- like the deciding vote, like it came down to seventeen votes, like the deciding. Wow! So it was really close. So, so there's some truth don't to that. vote. Yeah. And I remember, um, like uh, Springfield, Illinois. It's got uh, we have a nuclear power plant. The head of it uh, looks he looks like Mr. Burns. <laughs> we have the town right next to us is Shelbyville. Uh, t- I mean, Count- we have counterpoint. Uh, Counterpoint. What? You might have Mr. Burns, but Vermont has Senator Burns. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Vermont. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, that is pretty great. Um, and I have never been to Vermont, so maybe it does rule. Uh, and I have been to Springfield. It's uh, Illinois, and it's 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 cool. We got Lincoln, but um, but yeah, I'm still angry about that, no matter what. Um, so yeah, we didn't get to see the movie a week ahead of everybody else. So That's it sad. is what it is. But yeah, but... Springfield was always important to me then. Like, so the Simpsons, um, and I, I loved animation at that time and I was a, a big drawer growing up. So a lot of like sketching and stuff. And so at one point in high school, I remember going through a Simpsons phase of just drawing, um, any cartoon characters like, uh, um, that, that style. With like the beautiful uh, Homer lip, disgusting little, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about that little lip that yeah. all the Simpsons characters have, and um, they're always like slightly from a side angle. Um, mm-hmm. Unless when, I guess in this movie, there's a lot of like that 3D animation. There is that one scene. Oh, 3D anim- I was saying there's that one scene where Mr. They're talking to Mr. Burns, and like all the characters are shot straight on. It's like, what? Is, yeah. Why are we yeah. looking at all Anytime these characters they do that, like this? Whenever it's straight on, it's so off-putting. But I kind of love it, too. Now, it's like an ASMR, but like of animation. <laughs> when I got to Mr. Burns straight on, you're like, yes, give this to me. <laughs> <laughs> give me some disgusting angles. Show me the gross Simpsons looks. How many times did you think you've seen this film? Hmm. Good question. I don't. I, I don't know. I just want to say maybe t- ten, 
15 times? I don't know. Having that DVD, uh, so I mean, at least for a while, it was like every every year. But uh, I mean, I've I've fallen off The Simpsons, as it seems everyone does at some point. So I, I've watched it a lot less since then. It was probably about the time I finished high school, I think, is when I kind of fell off. I remember they did like a Lego episode. And that was oh. like, or like the the Family Guy crossover episode as well. I remember watching that. But I think that I've, was about the last time. I will say this about The Simpsons: I keep hearing that it is like getting better, and by that I mean it's like they have a new showrunner that's been like. I've heard that like, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I always hear like if you see the ups that's showrun by this guy, watch it. If it's the old guy, don't. You know, like right. so it's like okay, cool. Like I'm glad like they might be. If it's gonna be on forever, might as well make yeah. it be good, you know. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't know what what possible stories are they like. What different plot points are they using with all these characters still? I know what a recent Lisa episode would be doing. I know a recent episode that got really like good reviews was like a gimmick episode where like the premise was like, oh, uh, Lisa tries to become a Boy Scout, but in the middle of the episode, Anonymous hacks the episode and it becomes like a bunch <laughs> of short films. It's like this is what the Simpsons showrunners <laughs> don't want you to see about these characters. And I hear like it's a really awesome. good episode, yeah. But it's like stuff like weird high concept stuff like that where I'm like, yeah, okay, like I guess that's intriguing. All you have <laughs> like left, yeah. Um, my relationship to The Simpsons is that I have no relationship to The Simpsons. The Simpsons <laughs> is the show that is on after Malcolm in the Middle, which was the show we were allowed to watch, that my parents Another were like, no, turn that off, change the channel, I don't want you watching The Simpsons. Simpsons was too adult for my family, apparently. And, you know, in the years since I've, you know, you know, been an adult, it's like, yeah, The Simpsons is on Disney Plus, but like... <laughs> so long even even the good seasons are too long to me to binge you know what i mean like i don't know if i, I have time to watch eight 22 episode seasons of like a show that's um, fair or like the mental uh, like i said i'm not someone who can binge sitcoms on streaming it's just not the person i am um i've seen a few episodes here and there like i know in high school we watched the treehouse of horror with the raven because that's the way to teach the raven yeah um i know i think i've seen the one where bart goes to hell briefly and then he comes back to earth and he's like oh i don't want to die uh and i've seen the christmas the, the pilot i watched the pilot one christmas just out of curiosity um everything i've seen of the simpsons even though they're all from like that golden era it's like oh yeah i'd probably like this but it's also like when am i gonna watch the simpsons <laughs> you know <laughs> like yeah i mean it's it's very well written sitcom television i haven't been like touched by it Although I quote, I think I quote this movie to myself a lot, but I think it's it's because I watched the movie way more than I ever watched the show. Like watching this movie, I realize like when Itchy and Scratchy show up at the beginning, I had no idea that those were characters from the show and that it's like a, a joke within oh, really? the show. You know, no, I didn't I think this was like one of my first exposures to many many things about The Simpsons, and I was just mm. like, this is just things that they made up. So. I, I will say, I do think, because when I was watching this, I remembered a lot of it, despite the fact I know I've never seen this, and I think it's because this is at that age where, you know, the internet is existing, and I have access to it at age 12, and there's this very popular movie out, and there's a detailed Wikipedia page where I can read the entire plot and pretend I watched it. So, I'm pretty sure that's why, I'm like, I knew everything that happened. Like, I was like, okay, so this is the part... Where it cuts to Arnold Schwarzenegger going, like, 
I elected to lead, not read. And I was like, okay, so when's I like once he gonna dump the toxic? Like I knew what yeah. was going to. I knew there was stuff with the wedding video. I knew I I didn't remember like how it all got resolved at the end. But it's like I definitely read the entire Wikipedia page for this like when I was twelve or thirteen. Like I did. And, yeah. Uh, after rewatching it too, like I found myself. Uh, realizing, oh, I think I've stolen every line from this movie and and used it in like my own project at some point or another. Like every yeah, every line you said, like oh, I'm elected to to be not to read, so quotable. Like it's a good line. It's a very funny line. And what I also think line. is good about this movie is with the funny line, and I think this is just you know like that classic sitcom editing where you're trying to hit it in 22 minutes. Is it will have a funny line instead of like lingering on it for a laugh, it will just cut to the next scene, and that makes it yeah. even funnier. Like yeah. going like I would like to not read it. Immediately cut to just Springfield establishing yeah. shots. Like great, like fantastic, <laughs> yeah, <it's> a good. <laughs> no wasted time. Like it's just immediately that next. next it is time. always funny to me where it's like we're doing a big damn movie, and the movie like ends like the credits start rolling at 77 minutes but i do think unlike serves up where i was like they're filling time here i think this is a nice packed movie where it's like and i think there's a lot of interesting to discuss or even not as a fan of the show because i think my big comparison point to this is the spongebob movie because i did grow up watching spongebob and it is like an adaptation i think in the simpsons i think it's even more of a stressful thing is in the spongebob movie it's like you got to give every like like character that has fans at least a joke and I think for the Simpsons, yeah. that's way harder because it's they had at this s- point it's bo- so much, so many characters somehow even ma- made it in the film surprisingly, and they even had and like, they yeah, invented they do- a new one. Yeah, so they had to have a boyfriend with that didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's really weird to me. That though, is like, strange to me too. That's my one quibble with the film, really. Like, I, why, why this guy? I also was just expecting to be like a celebrity guest star. Like I was expecting with the Bono joke, like, okay, oh, did they get Bono and just like pitch down his voice? Because like that would be like that I would make these Bono. jokes work. And then it's like, no, it's just a kid, and it's like, okay, <laughs> like that's mm. weird. I don't know if Lisa. I don't think Lisa needs it. I guess they just wanted to give her something to do because everyone else clearly has something to do in the plot. But like, oh, but Lisa's theme though, oh, get that pulls my little heartstrings. I don't, I don't know it. I don't know. It played in the film. It played in the film, Danny. Whatever way well, they drew it on the dome. He drew it on the dome it, for her. And she was like, "You guys want to before uh, we really discuss about the uh, movie? Uh, I can bring up the uh, the visual aid I brought." Yeah, sure. Go for it. All right. So when I was checking this out from the library, because I know it's on Disney Plus, but I like having a DVD copy in case my li- my Wi-Fi goes down when I'm trying to watch it. Uh, I noticed they had two things. They obviously had the DVD of the Simpsons movie. And I know you might think they would have the, like, novelization of the Simpsons movie as the other thing, but they did not. They instead had the piano book of the Simpsons movie of the music. Okay, that's awesome. So, obviously, as soon as the movie ended, I checked the back of this to see if it had American Idiot funeral version. It does not, sadly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a gag. Yeah, it does have, of course, Spider-Pig. Do you guys want to know what the track list is for this? Yes, please. Yeah. Obviously, it opens with the theme and closes with Spider Pig. But in the middle, there are, like, I presume these are all score tracks that are labeled Trapped Like Carrots, Doomsday is Family Time, Clap for Alaska, What's an Epiphany, Thank You Boob Lady, You Doomed Us All, dot, 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 <laughs> again, Bart's Doodle, World's Fattest <laughs> Fertilizer Salesman, and my personal favorite one, His Big Fat Butt Could Shield Us All. That's a, I think that's a good title for a track. <laughs> 
So, Mark, if you mm-hmm. need piano music, uh, I got it here for um, Mark's doodle. Which Send is it. described as being uh, moderately in two. Oh. See? Cool. That sounds lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, if you, you ever need a, a copy of Is it like a this... beginner's piano book? That would be interesting. I would hope so if it's the... <laughs> I would hope so if it's the Simpsons. But look, it's got all these... <laughs> It's also got all these uh, little like oh, wow. fancy art photos from it. Yeah, uh, great. You know, this is the cool. scene from the trailer I remember seeing in front of Ice Age Two. That's also in the movie. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, Rocking did the librarian? Yeah. Did the oh, wait, librarian no, like see you getting that and the DVD like and was like, "You are a fan." <laughs> I always avoid talking yeah. to people in the library. I go to the self checkout. <laughs> well, it's because I'll be honest. This, 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 gonna sound, this is going to sound controversial. Maybe I'll lose some fans here. Is that all the librarians wear masks? <laughs> and I personally don't want to throw on a mask when I'm just grabbing whole DVDs. So I'm just like running in, grabbing my my DVDs, checking them out, running out. I'm like I'm avoiding talking to you guys because you clearly like you know, and I respect that. I don't want to get in your face, you know, <laughs> like so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, consider so, it. Yeah, I mean, the considered thing would be me to have a mask in my car to put on, but like you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, almost but, consider it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I had that, that was a, a nice little Simpsons piano solo book that no one at home saw. Um. But yeah, you, everybody listening, it's beautiful. You would yeah, love it. I wonder how much this is going for on eBay. Actually, I'm sure. I'm sure there's like <laughs> people trying to buy this. <laughs> I bet not too much. It's probably still like maybe it's like still in print. I feel like they're probably Simpsons collectors. Oh yeah, there's some really good Instagram accounts out there for like strange the past... Simpsons paraphernalia. Yeah. Did anyone else have any like structural takes about the film? I felt because I feel like we it all is felt pretty on positively. Amazon. Sorry. It's yeah. twenty dollars on Amazon. Twenty dollars. So it's it's like it's still out there yeah, in the world. Still out. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like we all pretty positively received this film. You know, did we have any well, other big issues with it? I would say I received it as well as someone who's not a fan of the Simpsons could, because I could complain about things like I think Homer is a bit of a jerk in this. I'm like, well, that's I don't watch The Simpsons, so maybe like you know, like I can't like deride Homer Simpson as a character because he's such a cultural icon. I can't be like, nah, this movie, like, I don't like Homer. Like, you know, like, you can't, and I'm not saying I don't like Homer, but I'm like, you can't drop a take like that, like, oh yeah, Homer sucks. Like, if you're not familiar with the property, I feel like. You can um, do that. That would be funny. Yeah, it would be interesting. Well, I don't, like, I don't, I, I also don't seen think. seen it so many times. I also don't think Homer sucks. I think. I think the thing with this is that it is, I, I just said it wasn't like Surf's Up, but it is kind of in the sense that <laughs> there's a lot going on here that's almost like always like abandoned in service of the gag. But like the thing is, there are a lot of things in this movie that had me cracking up. Pretty much any movie where someone just gets randomly ran over, I will laugh at. Like the thing like where the, the, the wolves attack him, it's like, great, that's great <laughs> comedy. Like, you know, like, yeah. um, and I think this movie is like, you know, it's very smart. Uh, there's a lot of dumb meta jokes. I think, even though I knew, because I think it's the most famous scene of this movie, honestly, is the one where you see Bart's doodle. Uh, I knew it was coming, but it still cracked me up the way it's, like, framed. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a really, like, it's they insane. hold it out just long enough, 
And then when they actually show it, it's like great. Like that's perfect. Yeah. Like perfect time to do it. I went um, any longer, I'd be tired of it. But you kept it just long enough. It was still funny. I bet mm-hmm. uh, in your little your uh, piano book, like it, it's like it has that exact. It has that song, yes. right? So Bart it's Stoodle. Like, it's a song. Bart Stoodle, but it's like it's perfectly timed, you know, yeah. in the in the film. And so, mm-hmm. in, having watched like uh, I forget Austin Powers. I, I, does this, that similar thing, right? My dad walked out angry when that scene happened in Austin Powers when we were watching it at home one time. He was like, oh, what's this movie you're all laughing at? Because he thought we were watching like something that was like actually really funny, but it was just the scene where they're covering parts and he was like, this is dumb. How dare he got really he? mad. It's so silly. Yeah, I, st- I still... I remember re-watching that scene where Bart's doing that. I just... I still have a lot of fear in my own self of that ever happening to me. And um, also, like, the the sounds um, of, like, Bart's um, child body f- falling onto the floor after being released from the handcuffs. I just remember that little the thunk sound mm. very clearly, very cartoony. Um, those, are the, those are the things that really stuck out to me, which is, I don't know if that's how messed up my brain is, but I remember, like, the specific sounds... <laughs> And those bring me back to 2007. Mm-hmm. It's not really important to the plot at all, but I, mean, I like the sounds. Of this podcast <laughs> is that we're going back to 2007, prehistoric mm-hmm. times. Fair enough. A lot of great sounds then in it. Um, and Do you yeah, feel like it it approached your it, it affected your own approach to like your own work? A hundred percent. Yeah, watching this movie, I was like, I, this is all I'd want to make. Like would be a movie like this, <laughs> like that's. I, I love that the silly smart humor, is everything I love, and that that's mm-hmm. like the movie the whole time, and then, there's a silly smartness which is a funny thing to say, um, silly smart, and then, that goes in with, at the end of the day, Homer learns like just a lesson about being a good person, <laughs> and that's yeah. I always just love that in a in a movie like. The Simpsons is always great about just like here's a moral lesson that you, you a character learns at the end, um, and that's it, while at the same time distracting you with uh, like slapstick humor and uh, I, goofy stuff. I do mm-hmm. think this movie like has weirdly enough a very powerful scene. <laughs> Where, yeah. like, I think it's, like, one... Of, I honestly think it's, like, one of... The, I don't want to be, like, one of the most savage things I've seen ever, but I think if I saw this at 12, it would have been, like, one of the most savage things I've ever seen in a movie where he's, like... She's, like, just to prove I'm telling... I'm being serious about this. I'm recording this over yeah. my, our wedding video. I'm, like, oh, my... Like... It's, and then it cuts to the wedding video of them actually, like, being happy, and it's, like, yeah. dang, like... That was, that's <laughs> devastating. Like, and then they, you know, do that beautiful Carpenter song. You're, like, oh, my... Homer, go get her. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, it's like that's what makes the movie stand out for me is like it, it really it goes for it like emotionally larger than like any episode ever was. I guess because you have that time and you have like however they have like ten writers basically a writers room making the movie too, right? Yeah, it's got a lot of well because they were working on this on and off for years. You know? Right, it was like something like it probably got, I don't know exactly when it got like which season it was on when it got greenlit, but because you know it takes. Yeah. Especially with something like this, like The Simpsons, it's like the joke's always got to be up to date. So it's like, oh, we're, we're going to keep yeah. working on it up to... Always it's... re-editing, yeah. Yeah, always, yeah. And then, um, 
Everything I wanted to say, like, about Homer in this, to me, is it's, like, to me, it's, like, one of those things where I want to come to be, like, this movie seems like it really, like, analyzes Homer and, like, tries to subvert, like, you know, like, really deconstructs what makes Homer Simpson Homer Simpson and, like, tries to critique it. But it's also, like, well, I can't say that, because as far as I know, the show has already done that multiple times. It's, like, it'd be, like, <laughs> finally, this did it, because I can't, like, I have no context of what The Simpsons has done with Homer. Because I'm sure at some point up to this this thing... They've, like, looked at Homer and been like, look at how terrible Homer actually is. Um, but I think it's interesting to do that to me in... Well, again, this is all hypothetical I don't watch Simpsons. But I assume by 2007, because The Simpsons is bad at this point, this is the point where, like, The Simpsons are all archetypes of their former self, which, you know... Exactly. That's what I was so, going to say. Is you, you know all the archetypes of each character at this point. That's, like, kind of... So, yeah. like, the fact that it, like, go, returns... I presume this returns to some nuance for them. Because I do think all of them, besides maybe Lisa, have some nuance to them in this. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're like, nah, Dan, Danny, Marge is not as good <laughs> as she used to be in this. <laughs> no, I think that that's all correct. I think what the movie does that's different from the show is it does... It just allows for drama. Like, it's honestly not that different from the highs and lows that you would experience in a normal episode i don't think except that it allows you to feel some of the sadness and then yeah, it moves once on very I, quickly once i read an episode description of the simpsons that made me really sad so i'm sure the show makes you sad sometimes too that's about what? marge disowning bart it was very sad i i think what makes what that's what makes this movie a movie is i think it follows the act structure which is actually not that hard you know i'm not saying it's not hard to make a movie like this because it's all pretty carefully constructed and the jokes are uh practiced and then tested so many times but you could you could turn any one of the episodes into a film like this if you play the sad parts and then you explore some of the tangents before you get to the main plot I feel like and this must have been a later episode thing but you know that thing these shows will do where they have like three different things will happen that might be the plot of the episode before the plot happens and then it ends mm -hmm. and I feel like mm -hmm. this film explored all of those like going to Alaska could have been its own its own thing but it was you know the um camp crusty was the original movie they were trying to make the plot line that's another i was gonna say if you were going to watch another simpsons episode before this maybe that would have been the one but it's okay that you didn't that's all, that's all. <laughs> the log line for the episode on wikipedia is during summer vacation the children of springfield attend camp crusty a summer <laughs> camp named after crusty the clown oh, the camp is oh, extremely unpleasant which relates to the campers rebelling against the camp director. Meanwhile, the kids away. Homer and Marge's relationship improves, and Homer loses much of his excess weight. Well, I think wow. that it's smart to make the film about an outside enemy so that you can focus on that versus all of the people of Springfield versus it being about, yeah. you know, Krusty being the antagonist. I feel like that focuses our attention up. on the yeah on the on the also, unit of people of springfield well i was gonna say also i think agree. keeping the family unit together is a good idea too not separating yeah. homer and marge and the kids even though i do it's, think 
I think Lisa definitely gets, and I argue, I think Lisa, like, of the four main characters in The Simpsons, Lisa has, like, nothing to do in this compared to the other three. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, what about Maggie? I said that the other three. Maggie, Maggie gets to say sequel Maggie at the end. Maggie has more to do. Maggie they, has they about a the normal huh? amount to do. <laughs> she saves the day at the end. She does. She kills Albert Brooks. Right, and that's, that scene <laughs> I always remember rubbing me a little weird. as in, It felt like the story was done. According to Wikipedia, it was added near the very end of production because they realized otherwise Albert Brooks' character is just out there right. and doesn't get <laughs> right. any form of come up. And so they're like, ah, I guess we gotta yeah, add like, this. Let's add this how, how, how do we do it? Oh, let's set Maggie drops. Uh, Maggie falls on him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I wanna ask people, you. people won't care. They're right. People really don't. They did, care. Yeah, yeah, I did like the scene after it happened. Do y'all watch a lot of comedy movies in the theaters now? How does this compare to things that you watch now as adults? I just saw Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I just saw Eddie for better... Brady. Oh, nice. I need to see that still. Um, this is uh, better than Cocaine Bear. Yeah. I mean, this movie held up completely for me. It was like every every other second was a joke. It was like Airplane. Yeah. Really, really surprising, honestly, that it it does hold up very well. And I also think it's kind of timeless, too. I think yeah. I was reading a little bit about the EPA being the villain, and I was trying to figure out if there was a reason for that. And it doesn't really seem... There doesn't really seem to be one. It seems... I think it's just so they can do EPA, EPA. Twisted tail. A thousand eyes. But I really like wanted to dive into that because I was like, surely there are other things besides Ghostbusters where the EPA is a villain. And I don't think there is, but I think that it's... This is actually another joke that happened in a like, more Simpsons episode is that the EPA is like this cop force. And I think that's just the joke that it's funny if the EPA has guns so the movie can <laughs> live outside of 2007. Like if they had yeah. iPhones, it would be a much more dated film. But because you give like the EPA guns, it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So this, Those are the this villains, film yeah. can last, you know. Yeah, they they don't have um, Bush as like president. They have, have Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Arnold, yeah, basically Arnold. Um, it is Arnold. That's his name. It's it is Arnold. But, it, <laughs> but it's but it's also like designed after the the other famous Wolf Castle. I think I forget what yeah, his name is. Yeah, Simpsons from character. the Simpsons. So it just mm-hmm. looks like him basically. So that yeah. makes it timeless, I guess, in a way, or like some weird future that we could yeah that will never happen. One thing worth talking about this movie um, is an actor we've talked about this podcast before, which is I think Albert Brooks's voice performance in this is like absolute. Like I mean, first well, before we talk about Albert Brooks, I do want to give this movie a nice little shout out because I think it's cool that the voice actors get full billing at the end because a lot of anime movies at the time don't even do that for their celebrity cast. Like Ratatouille doesn't do that for its cast, so the fact that this movie went out the way is like here's um. Here's Julie Kavner. Here's Nancy Cart. I think it's very cool to do that for like working voice actors, but then and it's and A Brooks, which is of course Albert Brooks, who yeah. as I said, he's hilarious. Like he's he's giving a voice performance he's in this so that good. fits right alongside like the more seasoned voiced actors of like yeah. very goofy. It, you can tell it's Albert Brooks, but it's like it's funny. It's very funny. Yeah, it's funny. Like the voice <laughs> is like also comforting in a way almost. <laughs> Same way with like the the Bart falling down for me, like just hearing that little voice of him. <laughs> it's it's yeah, 
I didn't know for the longest time I, I forgot about like Marlin and Finding Nemo. <laughs> and I was like, oh right, that's the same person. And I just, uh, I, just I, completely different. Yeah, and it's I think it's also just I mean I guess it makes sense because this is a little after Nemo, but I think just who's gonna be our celebrity villain for the Simpsons movie? Albert Brooks. <laughs> Let's get Albert Brooks. Up. Got him. <laughs> well, he had been wow. a guest on The Simpsons for a while. I don't think that Hank Scorpio was his only character appearance, but he had yeah. always been credited as A. Brooks, right. and I think that was just you know. Yeah, I think it's a nod to that. Oh yeah, Perhaps yeah. A you deep cut for us newbies, but they knew what they were doing. But it's a good voice performance. <laughs> it's funny only... because. Back when I was a kid, and even watching it this time, I think I remember this because, I mean, I remember this as a kid. I always think the villain is John Stewart when the movie <laughs> starts, and then it goes on, and then I realize it's Albert Brooks. And I think this is an experience that I've been having since I was a child. You know, I didn't even because I knew Albert Brooks was the villain uh, going into it, and I didn't even make. But now you said, "I'm like, yep, that it's a good John is, Stewart yeah. impression." Even I don't know if it's supposed to be. I think it's not, but it does. It does sound like it. Now that Ray you pointed James. out. Uh. Well, he's a, he's even more of John Stewart than the time John Stewart was an actual guest on The Simpsons, <laughs> which really yeah. throws me. It's yeah, like predicts John Stewart's future even more. Like, is that what's going to happen next? Will he join an administration as the dun, head of the dun, EPA? Dun. <laughs> Who knows? Who, who are have y'all been say? watching his show? I haven't. I have not. <laughs> no. But, I have yeah. not. <laughs> Sorry, Oh, John. well. I, I'm okay with... I, I think Jon Stewart is a nice product of the time the Simpsons movie came out. We don't necessarily need to bring him along with us. Much like <laughs> the Stephen Colbert character is, too. Colbert, have fun on right. your late night show. That's fine. You can be yourself there. We don't need the Colbert back. I also think, like, you know, I think the animation in this is really smooth, almost in, like, an uncanny way at points, where it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, these characters should not be moving so smoothly, like the, the, mm. the Simpsons. They mm. have, like, shadows on their yeah. their bodies for, like, the first time I remember seeing it, and, you know, the aspect ratio when it shifts. Um, I think the movie is very smart. I'm curious, because I think this is, I think the HD shift happens around 2012, 2013. I think the movie is very smart to go that full wide because it also future-proofed yeah. this movie to be like a movie instead of just looking exactly. like at a later episode. And I yeah. don't think that was on their mind at the time because I don't think why... I guess I'd have to Google it. I don't want to be like, widescreen TVs didn't exist. But, you know, like, I think it was a good idea. And I also I do like the part the aspect ratio opens up. I always like when that happens in movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Movies should do it more. I love how the movie matches what I read in interviews about it being very pro-animator. I feel like especially there's that, there are a lot of moments like this, but there's that scene where the kid beats up the bullies with the pole and they all fall down. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, man, yeah. that's someone's real footage. This little, like, moment thing because of how carefully they're all animated. That's very cool. What do we think about the boob lady? <laughs> <laughs> Not to transition it there. That's what Homer, I think, calls her. I don't remember exactly. I mean, very cool. This was a hard says, thing to process as a lady. child. It does, it does. <laughs> but, yeah, I always yeah. forget that she's in the movie. Right? Yeah. I, I had no idea she would be in the movie. So. <laughs> I believe another original character for the movie. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she has been in any few 
the, the future episodes. I, I do think it's um. I think one thing I like about the movie, this is, we can talk about the boob lady, but I like about after the boob lady is when he just basically walks home to Springfield. Like, he rides a bit on the, the snow dog, and <laughs> yeah. he's clearly still, like, in the Alaska area, and then she, the, the, the boob lady's like, don't worry, you're almost there, and sure enough, he just walks a little bit, and he's there. <laughs> that's, the, that's the power of Springfield. It it's always could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Vermont, uh, <laughs> but anywhere else. That's the, like they had that one joke where it's being bordered by four different states that are nowhere near each other, and then so, it shows the map of the GPS and it's no like no simple like, <laughs> yeah, area yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is yeah, good. I I, I, I don't just, think they should. I don't think they should reveal stuff like that. I think it's yeah, okay to like keep it secret. <laughs> it stays yeah. within the logic of the show. Yeah. Um. What did you, you think, think about it, the boob lady, Dan? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Mark. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just thought the most amazing callback joke you make was like, this is the first time I realized I could be attracted to a boob lady. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I realized I could be attracted to an older woman. When I saw those boobs move like that, I, I you know, wish I had my own just for directional purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the I mean, is she supposed to be like an Inuit old woman living in like the Alaskan? Like, well, I don't know what she's supposed to be, um, but yeah, it's still very funny. I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh at it uh, in certain parts of it, but the dream sequence, the epiphany scenario, um, very old school, but um, <laughs> it's still it's a little very funny. <laughs> It's a little didactic to me. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, go on. When he's like, what's my epiphany? Maybe I should go home. It's like, all right, all right, we get it. But I also think maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe the point is that Homer's is so such obvious. an idiot, he needs to spell it out to the audience. I think completely, yeah. Homer is... Like, throughout the movies. I mean, he, yeah, if you haven't seen <laughs> any of The Simpsons. <laughs> Do we think Homer he's is the dumbest guy, yeah. <laughs> the most selfish until this point in the film. Which, I, yeah. What do we what think do you, of... Sorry. No, you go. You know I was gonna movie. Say, I want to know what Mark thinks about the boob lady. Oh, okay. If you had any thoughts. I, you know, I don't know what the deal was around this time, but, like, throat singing was everywhere. Throat singing was taking the world by storm around this time because I remember I learned about this on some episode of Fetch with Ruff Ruffman, and did y'all know what I'm spitting? Nope. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know things. Did you not have PBS? I thought you had like the local channel. I did have PBS, but I must have missed it. I, that's how I learned about throat singing. So it's always funny to see that in like the 2000s, being like, "Ooh, throat singing." Yeah. Um, and I think other than that, it's always, like, it's intriguing seeing a character who's, like, that actually, it's, like, this and then the sex scene. It's interesting seeing a movie that is kind of <laughs> right, for adults, but also, like, uh... Sex scene is really funny when it cuts, yeah. like, Bambi's eyes getting covered. That's yeah. incredible, yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, I don't... It's, you know, you're a child, and this is your first time experiencing these right. situations especially for me because i never watched things like the hangover or what my classmates were watching or anything like that 
so I was not exposed to a lot of risque things or like body humor or anything like that. Yeah, that's pretty similar for me. So this was like as hard as it got, like that, that dream sequence. The I remember even some scenes in like the Simpsons TV show that I would uh, my parents wouldn't let me watch whenever it would usually Guys, be sex. Is this yeah. the first like, movie no. you've ever seen with like a penis in it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> That still um, blows my mind. I can't think of you know what was what do you what do you think the first like real human penis that you saw on film was? Oh, on film? <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. Not, I mean, not my like ass. not like in real not like in real life. You just say something like, my brothers. I don't know. I was seven, and it's like what? <laughs> I feel like it, um, it's, it's a great question. I have no. But I, I mean, know. like on on like watching a film, you know. Probably was like in film school, in all honesty. You know, something that one of our professors shows, I'd be like, oh, penis, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then it's, an, I don't know if I could answer this question, but I think it'd be interesting to like separate, you know, what's a prosthetic versus like real penis. Because I feel <laughs> well, like. I feel... don't know these days anymore. What do you guys think? What do you guys think it doesn't be used? Yeah, it's probably a prosthetic, right? On Bart? Yeah. They can't, yeah. you know, they, can't be, yeah. they can't be showing that. I mean, they probably had a body double. You don't see his whole body in that shot anyway. True, true, so, yeah. That like little round tummy. Situation. It's, a little, it's, a little, it's a trick shot. There's like a trap door there, like afterwards, <laughs> and then there's a stunt double. But he pops right back in on the skateboard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kept, keeps uh, um, I wanted to ask <laughs> you guys, as fans of The Thing, of The Simpsons, were you satisfied at the time and today, like, which side character they chose to focus on? Not obviously, like, the main family, but I mean, like, are you satisfied that Grandpa has a big role in this? What about, <laughs> like, the fact that... I mean, we've already kind of said you're not satisfied with the fact that they make a new character for Lisa to have a crush on. Which, I think makes sense if you have so many characters to pick from, why would you make this new one for a nothing role? Um, but I'm trying to think of who else is in this that has a big role to me. Uh, or like say like Mo doesn't necessarily have a big role. I'm trying. There's another character. Oh Ned, that's what I was gonna say. Flanders. How do you feel like Flanders is probably the biggest role in this movie of recurring characters of The Simpsons? Well, I think what? that Flanders kind of makes sense. I feel like that's a big unresolved thing within the show, and of course in a movie you want to address some of the unanswered questions about your show. Lisa, I think is a narrative problem more than an inclusion or not inclusion thing. It's just, why is that guy here? Um, and, you know, Mo seems like an oversight, but like like we were, like we were saying... Oh, I'm I sorry, don't... I misspoke. Mo, I actually meant Mr. Burns having like a very small role. I didn't mean Mo. Sorry, Mo. I mean, I guess oh. Mo has a small role. Mr. Go on, Burns sorry. Is in it more. Hi, well, Mitch. Think... What? Yeah. Hi, Mitch. Yeah. Mo always calls Marge Midge. Oh, I don't know. Always love that. I don't, that. I don't know you don't remember that? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I think for us watching this, you know, we're not. We're just familiar with it. We're not that big of fans. I think that I I more learned about characters from The Simpsons through the movie rather than was disappointed or excited by their inclusion. For me, the only character I I, I didn't even know this that he was not there until after the movie, but like. Sideshow Bob would have been interesting mm. to see who's like a, a as another great Simpsons villain, more specifically to Bart. But I, I can see that, but I don't really know there's a way to he fit him in. Unless had a he's, cameo. 
that they mm. cut. You know, he, they cut. It's interesting. He could have been um, Lisa's love interest. You know, there you go. Well, the fun fact I think that's interesting about this movie is for celebrity guest stars is that Edward Norton was supposed to be the guy who gets crushed by the dome. But <laughs> They That's were like, this insane. is way too distracting. Like, because you know, everyone has such a distinct voice. He's it's doing just, some goofy they're voice. They're like, uh, so they're so like, uh, Dan Castel. It's I'm gonna butcher his name. Dan yeah, Castellanata. It's, it's Dan, yeah. Uh, no, it's not what I meant. The guy voices Homer, Dan yeah. Castellanata. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, can yeah. you just re-record this dialogue? And they like, yeah, of course. So it's like, I think that's interesting. I want to like, hear Edward that. Norton. No. I want to hear that dialogue yeah mm-hmm. how it's good the archives was so good that they had to cut it i do think it's interesting that i i gotta assume this is a production like at the premiere of the movie the simpsons movie i gotta assume this is where tom hanks met green day and was like hey can i produce a broadway <laughs> show off of your music <laughs> i have to assume this is the connection <laughs> oh my god i do think green day being in this is the thing that makes it the most dated it's Green Day. I think it's so funny though. That's what I like even more about it that it's Green Day of all bands. They die in the world. They got that die. <laughs> that opens the film. Um, yeah, I felt completely satisfied somehow with all the use of the characters. I don't know, like they covered way more than I ever would have thought possible. Like comic book guy, you get. A nice He's in little, the movie more than I thought. He's he was in there a be. lot. Yeah. Because he gets like one joke near the very beginning, and it's like, okay, so that's his joke, and then he has another joke. I'm like, whoa, wait, why does he get two? Like, he, like, like they're yeah, two separate scenes. That's <laughs> making bank, yeah. Yeah, it's um, like cause I don't, I didn't think he's I, happy. I do wonder. Substance. He does have a lot of episodes. I think even more these days. Um, I was, I guess, um, I wonder if Tom Hanks' character, like his little cameo, if it was originally supposed to be like a Troy McClure, basically does that and. Like, he's always doing the hi, I'm Troy McClure thing, um, and then explaining things on video. wonder if that was originally their intention until, like, Phil Hartman passed away. Well, I could also see it being something where maybe... Well, okay, of course when Phil Hartman passed away, they weren't going to do it. But I could even see it also being something, like, where it's, like, uh, Wolf Castle's supposed to be president, but I think they're worried that, like, the casual viewers that were coming in just to see, oh, there's a Simpsons movie, we'll just make a Schwarzenegger instead so people just get the joke immediately. So I could see that being something they did with Tom Hanks also, is, like... Mm -hmm. But also, of Some, course, Phil Hartman's dead, so they can't even use him if they wanted to. Right, so. right. And then Tom Hanks is somehow even more relevant than ever. Yeah, Tom Hanks is always relevant. Yeah. And, um, and to bring back to uh, Pixar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom we got we got Marlon and Woody in the wow. same movie. Crazy. Wow. And then we're going to get a Pixar movie with Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> They're still wow. kicking. I would want. I wonder what one of their albums is like these days. Like, they're, I thought you meant I mean, they're still Brooks really good. I listen to them. I listen. To I would them also want to hear. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. Is I it like, like the same? I, I remember listening to like an album maybe like five years ago or something. I feel like I always forget like the name of this. Like I'll, I'll listen to the beginning of Boulevard of uh, Broken Dreams and I'll never like remember that that's actually the title of the song. But they'll be like, I want these empty space. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
What? Isn't that how that's that song opens? That's yeah, yeah, that's how it opens. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, it but like I won't remember the same song. I'll be like, oh, that's that Green Dane song that's not um You'll remember it's called Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, even though they literally like they, like they, they literally say <laughs> I walk this lonely road. The only road. <laughs> they literally alone. say it and I was like, uh too long of a thing for On me to remember the title of dreams. Um what else? Oh, well, if you guys wanted my dumb story about movies, is that when I was a child, I did not watch Let's the Simpsons. Let's hear it. I did yes. not watch the Simpsons. But one of my first creative writing, and I might have actually mentioned on the podcast before, but I don't think I did. Because we talked about Arthur, but I don't think we talked about this. Is that when I was like a very little kid, I had this notebook of movie ideas. And by movie ideas, I mean they were like, Plot descriptions of the Arthur movie franchise. I want to be clear here. There was like 25 ideas for movies in it, but it was like Arthur the movie, and it was like Buster the movie, and like <laughs> You've Binky definitely told this the to movie. <laughs> I don't know if I told it on Mike, is the thing. Yeah. And I, I don't remember the plots of any of them other than the Arthur movie, which had to do with them accidentally time traveling to the future and having to find a way back home. <laughs> it was just something where it's like the show would never do Having to this fight a what? Plot. Well, the thing is, the show actually did eventually do this plot, but they actually time travel to the future, and like they have to find their way back home. Um, and I just remember this song. I was trying to pull it. I literally was here vamping, so I was trying to pull out my memory, and I got it. Is I remember this song I wrote where it was about them in the future being scared. Can I sing it to you guys now? The song I wrote when I was six years old. From the Arthur movie where they time travel to the future. Yes, please. Sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Tied the song is I Can't Sleep. I will sing as much as I remember. It goes, I can't sleep, can you? It's so scary in a different time without mom and dad. I'm not fine. I can't sleep. Can you? And that is from <laughs> six or seven year old Danny, maybe five year old Danny. Who knows when I wrote that? <laughs> Mark's like, those are better lyrics than the ones you send to me whenever you write a musical, Danny. <laughs> Incredible, Danny. No, I think we, we just didn't know how to write musical lyrics, but those are good. How do you remember that? I see that was I was like let's see if I can pull this out of my because the thing is I I don't remember anything I wrote in that book but I would sing that song to myself for some reason just because it was like a catchy little ditty I wrote to myself so that is why but it did take me a while to like pull that out of the recesses of my mind that's so I got it now it's recorded now I can just totally forget it now that that's in recording Mark don't cut it don't cut it Mark it will be preserved forever (laughs) <laughs> Does that actually help you go to sleep? You think? Like, could you could, could you recite it now? And no, I don't think it would help me sleep. Cause the context, helpful. the context in the story was that they couldn't sleep. So, like, why would them singing "I can't sleep" help them sleep? Or are you saying it's like Mary Poppins, where well, it's like I one s- of those reverse psychology things? Where it's like, stay awake. You know, that song was what my dad always sang to me when right. I fall asleep. Which is probably actually a more personal thing than anything else here. It's like, you know, I think everyone has, like, their lullaby songs. And my dad's, for me, was Stay Awake. And I think everyone was, like, a Christian song that I can't remember right now. But, like, Stay Awake was always one of them, too. And it was, like, kind of nice. Because I think about how my dad used to sing it. And it was never, like, 
you know, it was like, you know, it was like an adult man trying to sing Julie Andrews, so it's not like he hit necessarily any of it right, but it was very sweet and I liked it as a child. That's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where my Arthur idea came from, which the my dad would sing that to me. My but dad yeah, the Arthur movie didn't care about keeping <laughs> the characters straight because I they, if I didn't cover Buster in this one, don't worry, he had the Buster movie to come out. He had the brain, we had the Fern movie to work on. Don't worry about Fern not getting a role in this one. She's getting a whole dang movie. <laughs> how does this? How does this relate to other animation that we all watch? Do you think this is more adult, less adult humor, hum- having humor, not having humor? I do think this is definitely more aiming for adult humor than most things we watch. I mean, that's kind of goes without saying, I guess. But I also think that the... I don't know. I, I, I guess it's more adult. I do think... It, I think it's one of those things where I feel I always like weird saying... Because I think ad- the term adult humor usually signifies humor that's way more immature. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. Like... Yeah. Like, I don't think Family oh, Guy... Class is mature yeah crass that's a good way to put it it's like it's way more like haha it's funny because they said the thing but i do think this like because i think there's a way to do like the doodle scene the bart's doodle scene have it be very annoying and like just be like ah ha ha you know but the way they construct it is actually very clever and how like ludicrous it gets in blocking it um which i think this is the good type of adult humor where it's not necessarily crass it's very clever in how it does things it's not just going for shock value that's what yeah. i like about it the most i think what are you i mean I what are you like a good joke <laughs> how dare you how dare you come <laughs> on this podcast and say you like jokes i like a joke where are the jokes in toy story where are the jokes in cars yeah, this feels this feels Mater. more like a lot of live action <laughs> things i've seen versus like animated humor because i think when i watch like animated humor i tend to watch more surreal things and less like i like i i don't know if i'll rewatch the south park movie or if i'll check out something like the aqua teen hunger force movie and maybe that's just because i wasn't of that time or whatever but it's, it doesn't i mean it seems like it's off by itself because it seems like a lot of the jokes are very much like people jokes if that makes sense like they're yeah. very it's it's like live action humor hmm. very much uh <clears throat> like jokes of uh the the mundane a lot of that like just the everyday life kind of scenario jokes like homer putting tiles on his uh roof classic bit hammering his thumb and said he hits his eye later he hits his his leg it's just a lot of that type of humor throughout yeah and which is relatable to like everybody that's kind of my beef with the simpsons and also i guess its strength is Mm. that when i rewatch it it seems like it's always talking about like the american family or whatever and i'm like "Eh, sure like (laughs) i I can appreciate the artistry here but it's not like you know i don't know it's not like connecting any more than any other comedians who are like making these making these observations about just nuclear family life i would say not not anymore definitely like it's it's so we've gotten so far past that but maybe in like 93 it it was like Mm. groundbreaking i guess yeah and then they were like well let's add all these other shows then just like it 
I do family think guy. King of the Hill. King of the family. King of the family guy. <laughs> um I do think my big thing with this comparing it to other comedies though, and what you're saying, Mark, I think, is that the joy of animation is that this movie doesn't have a lot of improv. Whereas I feel like if you compare this to any other like comedy movie at the time, like Anchorman, like Anchorman's full of improv. And I love Anchorman, love me some Anchorman, but like I think trying to compare the Simpsons movie to other comedies of the 2000s or rather like, you know, adult aiming PG-13 comedies is hard because, you know, no, no live action comedy can have the set piece where Homer's stuck on the wrecking ball. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They do. They take full advantage of the the fact that it's animation. Exactly. Like the dome plot. Like it's such a, (laughs) I love, like, that's the thing. Everything about it. I think there's this big discourse always whenever, well, not whenever, but when Spider-Verse and the Spider-Verse came out, which we're going to do a full episode on, so we don't need to talk too much about it, but I'm the one bringing it up, so whoops. Um, but like, you know, it's like in a superhero movie that's animated, you never have to worry about the audience thinking the effects look bad. And that's what I feel like is here, because even if you tried to do like a Will Ferrell comedy where like the premise is, someone put a dome over a town, like... It's never you're never gonna buy into it fully, but here since it's all a cartoon, it's like, hell yeah, uh, and yeah, of course he would be mauled by dogs if he tried to do that to them, and of course just dropping a um, pig crap in the lake causes <laughs> everything to like go horribly wrong, but like Evil. you could see like I could see there being like in Anchorman like Ron Burgundy throws out some dog shit in the the river and someone's like hey you can't do that man but like yeah that's funny but is it as funny as like the lake literally turning into like a skull and crossbones right mm-hmm. i would honestly love to see that in anchorman <laughs> if they <laughs> attempted that like <laughs> i think it would make a better movie i i could the- see like someone trying to make like a scott pilgrim-esque live action movie where it's just trying to be like a cartoon Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there are ones that have done that. Like, I think of Ned's Declassified as a TV show that does that, you know? Yeah. Growing up. Um, I, and I, is that what's what's next for The Simpsons? Like, have they attempted I think they've to make that. a live action? I feel like they've had to. SpongeBob is on a live action episode where, like, the voice actors just played the characters. I feel like The Simpsons have to have done that at some point earlier on in the run. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know if they have. I think, I mean, if they were ever to make a sequel... Which they probably will. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been trying to make a sequel since this came out, so... Right, I mean... I'm curious I mean, if we've crossed the point where it's been longer since this movie came out to, like, the sequel would be... Or the beginning I, of The Simpsons to the sequel. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, if that... I, that's... I don't, I don't think so. I don't, think I, I don't really want one, but I think if they were to make one, that's what I would want, is, like, a live-action, just... Mm-hmm. Uh, Somehow, I guess right. maybe they're all still yellow. I don't know. Well, well, Dan, I would watch since it. You've, since you've brought this up, now you have to cast who plays Homer and Marge in the movie. <laughs> that's well, that's impossible. Like it has to be the same guys, otherwise they're all it, they're too I old. I know they're all so. That's what I guess that I, I was talking about this the other day with my roommates, just about Pedro Pascal as Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's everything. He's a These dad. Days. He's got to be he's a dad. A, he's the daddy. <laughs> uh, I I mean, 
Eddie Redmayne as uh, Bart Simpson. <laughs> he goes full one. method. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd watch the heck out of that. I do think Claire Foy could be a good March if we're talking British actors randomly being guys who's scared. That could be interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I, maybe that'll help. Is You have to choose only British actors <laughs> to play the Simpsons. This is this is good because I think then you get some obvious, like, it's got to be Brendan Gleeson as Homer. Well, need... this isn't British, but I was thinking just randomly the joy of having Brian Tyree Henry play Bart. And, like not acknowledge the age <laughs> with a British accent. <laughs> yes, the British accent. He has a bullet train. Yeah, he can be yeah, like, exactly. That's oh, how you going? Oh, rough. Thanks, Pops. Mark, have you seen Bullet Train? It's not good, in my opinion. I haven't. Maybe seen Dan bullet likes train. it. I also haven't seen it. Oh, I, lo- oh I thought you referenced it with the Thomas thing. My bad. Is the Thomas thing in the trailer? What? Did you what? say Thomas? I did not say Thomas. What did I hear? He's obsessed. That character's obsessed with Thomas Tank, and he's like, "That's a Percival. That's a Thomas." <laughs> like he'll say that about every character in the movie, and he'll he'll randomly put Thomas Tank. In. It's very much like a like you know like a spec writer thing where they didn't like actually like you know it's something where it's like oh it's a quirk so it gets noticed in the pile and then they just left it in the movie and it's like okay that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, Julie Walters Tyree as Henry Marge. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially for going Brendan Gleeson, like that's a good like age. Mm-hmm. And then who's gonna be Lisa? Who's gonna be adult Lisa if Brian Tyree Henry's adult part? <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe Waller Bridge. <laughs> that's that's and pretty way, good. I think that's I think that I don't want to push too hard back on that. I think that's a little too obvious, you know. Phoebe too ob- Waller, oh wow, a little too obvious. She you could know? break the fourth wall. Yeah. Meet her. We could get obviously Bono would play Maggie. <laughs> you don't think Ian McKellen would play Maggie? <laughs> I think Rebel Wilson has to be Maggie or James Corden. Rebel, Rebel Wilson, who plays Flanders? Oh wait, no, that's a James Corden role. <laughs> yep, that's James Corden. That's James Corden <laughs> easily. Role. I mean, wouldn't a live-action version? Wouldn't that be that? That's just what you need to uh, get people to actually watch it. Because otherwise, yeah. it, there's no way they can do it again. What if you awesome. have Tom Hanks reprising his role as Tom Hanks? <laughs> In the movie, but the difference is he's wearing the Elvis fat suit. <laughs> like, but he goes, "Hi, I'm Tom Hanks." It's just the exact thing he's out of character. Nope. He's like coming to you from the son of Elvis too. <laughs> so no accent, because I need that accent. Do we have any final thoughts before we kind of wrap it up? My 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 final thought <laughs> on the movie is that. I was very scared when my 7-Eleven had the flavor for the squishies. <laughs> and they, they took over 7-Eleven. Why would that scare you? Wouldn't that be a nice thing? I didn't like the symptoms as a child. It was that scary adult thing. Oh, man. So oh, that's too much to get into. <laughs> no, it's not. Do you want to talk about your trauma? <laughs> Yeah, do we want to open up some of this uh, this drama drama about the Simpsons? Shown the Simpsons as a child. I mean, I don't know. It's something where it's kind of like Harry Potter, but like, I guess maybe I will eventually catch up on the Simpsons. At this point, I don't want to watch Harry Potter ever or read Harry Potter ever. (laughs) Have you not seen Harry Potter? No, I haven't. I I saw the first one on a date in college, and then I never (laughs) saw 
the other ones. I saw half of Chamber of Secrets. What, Mark? Do you want to unpack the date I went on for Harry Potter? Are we ever gonna? Are we ever gonna talk about that again? Because that yeah, intrigues me. The first time you see Harry Potter is on a date in college. Like, yeah, like I, I, were you watching? The I, movie? I don't know. Maybe. Well, no. Yeah, it was one of those things where you know, first I went to like a bar with this girl that I matched with on Tinder, and you know, we hit it off really well. And then me being myself kind of just started overanalyzing everything. Very specific. I remember the weird deal breaker to me was she lived on East Campus. And I was just like, man, I just got over to West Campus. I don't know if I want to keep walking back and forth in a relationship. And, you know, I'm the type of person who overanalyzes everything. So by the time we actually meet up, I'm kind of like over her already. Because my mind is like, analyze this too much Dude, Laziness got the better. <laughs> and then we're watching Harry it. Potter. And I'm actually interested in watching the movie because I've never seen Harry Potter. Yeah. And Which you know, Harry Potter was it? The first one. I've seen the first one. Okay. It's one of the only movies since I've had a letterbox that, that I logged it without rating it. Because, you know, about 40 minutes into it, you know, she's very, like, cuddly and stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I just want to watch the movie, man. <laughs> and at the end, it's just kind of like, you know, I'm like, you know, I, at the end, I'm like, you know... I understand Tinder has this reputation and everything, but we're going way too fast on this for me. Uh... And maybe maybe this could work out. Maybe this won't. And then, like it got back to me. My text. I'm like, I don't think this is gonna be a thing. Like, and I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't think I'm mentally prepared for this whole thing, considering that I analyzed my. I didn't say this, but I'm like, considering I analyzed myself out of being romantically interested interested in you. I don't <laughs> think this is gonna work out. I mean, maybe oh, I need to do some emotional. Maybe I need to do more emotional growth here. And that like, is so funny that we had like for the listeners we all went to school together as well um that's so funny because i remember thinking that is like oh man if you move across campus you're not gonna be able to keep that thing together you know like people were definitely planning out where they lived based on their significant others and like trying to make that work well, because the other side of the campus sucks. So if I, I spent a year trying to get to the good side of campus, I was like, I don't, don't want to do this where I'll have to keep walking over here. Yeah, I don't what know. There's a like? certain romance when you like, because so the, for people who don't know, the West Campus was kind of within campus, and then East Campus was in some apartment, some really huge apartment buildings that were kind of outside of campus. And West Campus was a little more like honors student incorporated i think and it was more in the center of everything so there was this whole like like the, the culture of the east and west campuses which were just separated by like a two-lane highway <laughs> or whatever <laughs> that's right um, <clears throat> was it that's grand? so yeah dan did you ever did you ever have to deal with that when you were in college a coming as a transfer student oh Not yeah really. that's right yeah so like I, I i was at those the, the that apartment complex that was part of the school the uh wall and grand um that oh yeah thing. i and was I, there for a year oh nice wait were you my roommate mark Damn. no 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 i didn't have a roommate when i was there <laughs> do you remember that time <laughs> i came back kidding, from yeah. spring break yeah. and you offered me lodging and i came back like dead <laughs> Because I had stress in you. I was like, I'm sorry that I'm sick and in your bed right now. I I didn't know. (laughs) And then everyone in your house got stressed. I'm kidding. I don't what? think that happened. I hope it didn't happen. I don't think that I happened. <laughs> okay, good. I, I hope I that remember, happened. Then I moved on. When my, my last year, I was on the other side of campus. so, And that area was better. I did like the, like you said, the east side, or the west side. 
I forget which one. Yeah, it was the West Side with the communications oh. building. Oh my God! You know, I had—I don't know if you all have had because I don't think this has really happened very much with movies for me. But I did have one time, like not not as a date with someone, but it kind of just like happened. But it's like we we were together, and it was sort of like a thing where we we're trying to like figure each other out. Um, but she was like, "Let's watch Iron Sky." I don't know if you all know like the movie that Iron the, Sky. Isn't that the Nazi like robot movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because okay. we couldn't like find something to watch, and I remember <laughs> like I was like, Dang, look, I don't know what that is." And going, "Never mm, seen Nazi it. robots." Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know what this is now. <laughs> I've seen Iron Giant. Is it the same thing? Yeah, but like, talk about a movie where I was like analyzing the relationship <laughs> while watching the movie Iron Sky. I don't know this this was a you know a fine thing or whatever i'm just not a fan of iron sky but i definitely had that experience of like is this worth watching all of iron sky to like make something happen here but we did watch yeah. all of iron sky and then what happened was instead of initiating anything i was like well i'm too nervous to like do anything about this so i suggested we watch pulp fiction and we did not get through the opening credits of Pulp Fiction before she was like, I hate this, turn it off, you're stupid. Um, <laughs> but I just, I just always think of that as like, I watched, I watched all of Iron Sky. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like... I won't make the I, first move, yeah. I'm not... Leave it to I'm, her. And then she was like, I'm not watching Pulp Fiction. And I was for like, her. all right. Well, you know, so, so a lot of people would be like, yeah, fuck you, Mark. Like, you, you don't have to make people watch Pulp Fiction, but it struck me. <laughs> well, I remember watching, uh, <laughs> um, for the first time, Amelie <laughs> on a date like that. And uh, having never seen it, no no idea what's going to happen. I'm like, is this, is this a foreign language film? I have no clue. Um, she picked the film. And, um, yeah, I still don't know. What happens anomaly? Because I was, I was not afraid this time. I, I had made that mistake before, of not making like the first move scenario. And this time I was like, "Sorry, Amelie. I'm sure you're an amazing film. I love that jacket, or whatever she does. I haven't seen it, <laughs> but <laughs> not today." I like when I like when they like download kung fu into her brain. Or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever the fuck happens, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, she was she was lovely. <laughs> But Amelie was, I'm sure, also lovely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, dad, guys, now I'm Paddington now I'm too. like deep into my internal like date dad date history, and I'm just like, ugh. Oh, uh, it'll be okay, Danny. It's it will okay. be okay. It's just it's funny that these movies are like part of that, you know, that experience for for us. Yeah, it's really just three movies. It's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Million Dollar Arm, and Teacher's Pet. Teacher's pet was in second grade. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> second grade? Danny started young. And it ended young too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, wow. I feel like I feel like you have that one experience and then like you said, Dan, you don't mess up again. You correct it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. I wanted to watch Harry Potter. Not anymore. Open the chamber of secrets, Danny. <laughs> well, but then, like, you never make that mistake again. Then you're always, or or maybe yeah. you're, like, 
the mistake let's put on this thing i've seen a thousand times and don't care about at all i was gonna say one more thing about the simpsons movie yes please yeah we're about to ask you about anything else to say so don't worry oh great i was gonna say thank you to matt grading the whole group for making the movie because it was integral to my childhood and sense of comedy and life i love it it's a great movie Mm -hmm. so thank you to them and thank you to you too for having me on for a pixar podcast about the you Simpsons. can thank us later. We gotta do one more thing. We can't too end late. It. Yes, well, we can't thank, thank you. Thank you. Too. I mean, the context the is all important. We talk a lot. We talk about a lot of children's shows, which don't make jokes about people like getting hung with nooses and <laughs> right. like boob ladies Speaking and things like game. that. Yeah. So How does this always... contribute to our conception of Pixar? Even though it's not a Pixar movie. Well, I'm Isn't trying to do killed... that organically. It sounds like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm Mark saying that, I'm sorry. Know. I'm so bad at this podcast. Fire me. There's no good or bad. I'm just, I'm just doing it organically as saying that I think it's important that we watch contemporary, at air quotes, adult movies to compare them to things like Ratatouille and stuff like that. Although I agree with Dan, what you said earlier, or maybe was this Dan or Danny, but like one of us, Daniel. Well, no, but it was it was like a lot of these adult films are really written much more crassly. So I don't think like Ratatouille or whatever is not a not really a young person film. It's just getting a PG rating, you know. Yeah, that's more. That's although Ratatouille's rated G, or well G. Hmm. Uh, I want to say, no, what? There's no sex scene in Ratatouille. Yet. Uh, <laughs> wait till the live action remake. Ratatouille. <laughs> sequel. Cut to, 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 never mind, I'm not going to make the obvious joke. Okay. Um, but, um, I also want to say, though, before we finally wrap up, contributing to this conception of Pixar, is this is our first, I mean, we watched Iron Giant, but I think this is our first one since Iron Giant that's traditionally animated. And I think the fact that, like, The Simpsons, you know, where all these character models are already preset and it can look this good really reminds me of, like, how much the art was lost when all the studios shifted over to follow Pixar into CG. Because, like, I think this movie is very gorgeous for, you know, a movie based off a television show. And I think I can say that because I've seen the SpongeBob movies. You know, I think this is very beautifully done animation-wise. And I do think we lost a little something in everyone trying to follow Pixar. Which is why we need the sequel. The in live action. The sequel. Oh, what if it's the Simpsons with two eyes? It's a Roman I love that. I think that would be great. Well, I, I, I imagine this is the type of movie where the post just is just Homer doing like the peace sign. <laughs> it's, a, it's the sequel. He's got a donut on each each finger. <laughs> All right, Mark. All right. So Dan, this is the part where we like to give the film something. A lot of movie reviewers will give the film a rating or some kind of star you know measurement system we don't like to do that we like to give the film a physical object or it could be an experience or a performance whatever you think an appropriate gift would be to give to the film me and danny usually like to lead just so you get a little flavor for what we're talking about here 
-huh. And I think because I I really liked this movie and they seem to like donuts. Uh, I just I want to give it like I want to give it one of my favorite donuts, which is the Boston cream donut. And it would be Lovely hard to donut. like. Yeah, I know, right? So I want to give it a Boston cream donut. It's not a perfect film, so it wouldn't be like an artisanal Boston cream donut, but just a nice one. <laughs> and just yeah, that would enough. be my gift to the Simpsons movie. I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, before I give mine, I want to point out that the spider pig composition includes <laughs> the lyrics, which I think is very nice. Very, That's very good idea of them. Mm-hmm. And much like how the Simpsons predicted a lot of things, we all know Spider Pig predicts the role of Peter Porker in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, that's yes, sarcasm. I know that character predates this movie. Um, I know that. <laughs> but what I would like to give it is, with my visual aid, is this is only a piano book. I would like to give the film and Hans Zimmer a full orchestrated book so this can be performed in concert. I don't want movie concerts with a Simpsons movie, to be clear. I just want it to be like treated like Bach. I want to go to a classical like exposition of music at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and hear my big his big fat butt could shield us all. I think that'd be really, really quite beautiful. So I'm going to give it that this experience. That's a dream. Yeah. For the, the Simpsons fans out there that aren't me. Mm-hmm. But I would go see my his big fat butt could save us all for the record. I you know what the gift I would give. Maybe there's like two things because I was definitely thinking immediately the donut, and for myself my my favorite donut has always been the long john. No icing in the or no like cream filling. I know sometimes they have the, the like little extra wow. cream filling. I think right, um, and but I love the white icing vanilla usually. Long John. I would give that straight to your directing buddy and uh, to the whole cast. And then also, I think a pig, right? Spider like, did this pig. movie single handedly uh, bring pigs into the home? Hope you know, like, not. I, feel like, I really hope not. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of pig pets out there these days. And perhaps uh, the Simpsons movie started that. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised oh, you know what? I didn't give it. A horseshoe. I have a special Three Kings Day gift to give. What do you got? I want to give it an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely, yes. That's that's a good one. Well, Dan, this was lovely having you on. Do you want to plug yourself for the people? Yeah, I mean, mean, I've got an Instagram, and uh, there's uh, plenty of good stuff on there. Dornhub Premium. That's not the one you're thinking about. It's not not the other hub. Um, and then there's also uh, some music on there. Got a little band with my uh, one of my roommates called Quasar Dose. Yo. Check it out on Spotify and anywhere listen to music. And there's also oh, yeah. a lovely yeah uh, Instagram account for where we get babies down called Baby Yo. Getting Downers. I do like it's a babies. lovely. Uh, hoping to get picked up on the CW. I'll let you know. What are babies CW? down? We do like the CW. Uh, what do we do on Baby Game Downers? Well, um, usually um, babies are supposed to be, you know, at like ground level, but occasionally the little whimsical or uh, crass baby might uh, try to get himself up a little high, and that gets dangerous for a baby. 
So as the Good Samaritans, myself and my other roommate are, we get that baby down. We get him safe. Put him, you know, right to sleep. Did you mean to say Good Samaritans? <laughs> um, yes, we'll say yes. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a, a beautiful Instagram account. Really worth checking out. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I, we will be yeah, sure Dan, to. This was lovely. It's fun to talk to you. It's been a while. Danny. Thank you, guys. It's been a while. Last time I saw you, we were eating Thai food at a very bad restaurant by my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was fine. It, it was fine. Okay. But it was something where like they said it was really great. I was like, it, it was it was tolerable yeah. Thai food. <laughs> it was tolerable. Yeah, tolerable yeah. is a good word. Danny, what do well, we do next guys. time? Uh, We will not have a guest. Sorry, Dan. What? Oh, we, no. We, you're not being a regular. <laughs> the, 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 last, the last guest ever. <laughs> I ended the games and your guest um, appearances. We will be talking about a movie. And that movie is a documentary called The Pixar Story. Which I think is going to be very interesting to discuss as people who are very... I think rightfully so antagonistic towards Mr. John Lasseter. Um, so this is, a thing, I believe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think this might be a bit of a propaganda piece for him, if that makes sense. So we'll, we'll see how this it. goes. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, also, uh, maybe we should, oh, I guess we should have acknowledged this beforehand, is that we are recording this on International Women's Day, but that's not what. It's not actually. Wow! Yeah, we brought it up but last. This episode, <laughs> the, the last thing I'm we said. I'm gonna make a connection. Really good, really the good people. I'm gonna make is we recorded this on International Women's Day, and the episode's coming out on St. Patrick's Day. None of us are wearing green, so. <laughs> Or none of us are women either. Irish. So. No, not Irish. Yeah. R.I.P. So. Why is your why is your blanket the Jamaican flag? It's not. It's a cram blanket. Dang, oh. so Showing now as a visual aid on this podcast how it's a cram blanket. Okay. I've had this blanket since I was a child writing the lyrics to the Arthur musical. And this would really be a great time to lead into my story about my Scooby Doo pajamas, but instead this is where you're gonna cut off the episode. <laughs> you can get no, just kidding, guys. Song. Thank you, Dan. We loved having you on. Thank yes, you guys. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf, and each episode is edited by me. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean of Pixar Journey, on Twitter at Pixar Journey, on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and on our website, lookingfortheoceanpixar.podbean.com. If you want to know what I'm up to or find me on social media, you can head over to markyoungperformer.com. And if you'd like to see all my takes on all the movies, you can find me on Letterboxd at Blankman's. If you'd like to hear me on another podcast, I also have The Snub Club, a podcast about film history. We'll see you next time. See you next time.